Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, September 1st, 2023. The NFL is a week away as we speak. The MLB playoffs are a month away as well. And we just got Champions League groups. They've all been drawn. And God damn it, Luke, I am excited. Oh, yeah. For all those things. Yeah, it, it is heating up. The fall is the best time of the year. Uh, undoubtedly, the weather gets better as we go on. The MLB Leaves, gets dude. better. Yeah, like, oh my God, everything, <laughs> everything about September, October into November is the best, especially for sports fans. And I just could not be more excited. And we're bringing it right to you. Oh, yeah. We've got a good one today. A ton of topics on the list today. We start with our MLB recap, of course. And then for this next month, every week, me and Luke will be hitting you with the MLB playoff picture update, letting you know how everybody is seated and what the matchups will be as it stands. Then the MLB weekend preview, NFC North preview, Premier League weekend preview. We're going to be going through every single UCL group that was drawn today. Tons of transfer news as the window winds down. And then a new segment to close it out. A little programming update for the people. It's called Questions Time. Similar to the British Parliament. Uh, every week we will come in here. I will bring some questions that I find. So similar to the five questions from Reddit for MLB that me and Colin have been doing. But this week we've got four questions and they address different things around all the leagues that we talk about on our episodes. So, uh... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. It's going to be a fun way to close out the episodes. Luke, are you ready for MLB recap? Let's fucking do it. All right. As always, winners and losers. And my first winner is an exciting one. It's September call-ups. We see so many players get called up in the last week of August, all throughout September. And it starts off with one that me and Colin literally were talking about on Wednesday's episode Jason Dominguez is getting called up by the Yankees. Super excited. Not excited about, you know, losing Harrison Bader, but I'll get more into that later. But <clears throat> very excited about Jason Dominguez, though. Yeah. And, and me and Colin were saying on Wednesday that at this point, I don't even know if Jason Dominguez exists because I think I've seen him play baseball one time. And all I ever do is hear about him all summer. <laughs> all summer and, and uh, as soon as the winter meetings start. It's like everybody needs to talk about Jason Dominguez and how good he is. So the 20-year-old is getting the call-up, but catcher Austin Wells getting the call-up as well for the Yankees. More excited about him than I am Jason Dominguez, I think. I'm, Austin I'm Wells so is a – is a, um, I think he fits the mold of a new MLB catcher. You know, like you look at the Adley uh, Rutschmans of the league and like you see fast catchers that are good defensively but can, you know – Hit the ball super, super well, and I think Austin Wells has potential to do that. Awesome. Well, other call-ups we've got. We've also got Ronnie Mauricio, the shortstop, coming up for the Mets, which I'm super excited for. He is crazy good. He fits that same kind of new shortstop build. Big, lanky, fast player, and I'm excited to watch him. And just last night on Wednesday, we saw Darius Vines come up for the Braves and have a great debut. I think he went six innings, only gave up two runs, no homers in his debut. 
that happened at Coors Field. So I think he became the first pitcher to make his debut at Coors Field and go six innings without giving up a home run. That's pretty impressive. Um, Coors Field is one of the smaller ones, right? It's small. It's easier to hit home runs in there? It's not exactly small. It, it is a little bit, but a mile above you know sea level, the altitude there takes crazy effect, and your pitches don't break as well, so you really got to stick to the heater and just kind of hit your spots, and Darius did a fantastic job of it. Not giving up a homer at Coors Field is something that very many could not do, so... Happy to see him play well, and then happy to see all the rest of the guys that are going to end up getting pulled up throughout this month. Sure. Uh, but my first loser is the Rangers' bullpen again. <laughs> they were on here last week, and they're back on here again because they've blown six saves in nine games on this road trip by five different pitchers. They're running a closer by committee and still blowing saves left and right. And our Roldis Chapman is a fucking idiot. Yeah, walk off hit by pitch. <laughs> that I mean, I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think I've seen more walk off box than hit by pitches. Yeah, but the guy with zero control, I would expect nothing less. Fair enough. He couldn't even. Never mind. Nope, not making that joke. <laughs> Gonna say he couldn't. You gotta, you gotta tell me when we're not recording. No, I'll, I'll just say he couldn't stop from hitting his wife. Oh no! Uh, but let's get to my next winner. A lot of control. So there. We can <laughs> not much control, I would argue. But um, let's get to the next winner. It's giving gifts. Julio Rodriguez out here giving gifts to the whole team, coaches and players, suiting them up. Adidas tracksuits and Adidas bucket hats for the whole gang. Wow. You got to see the that. picture. It is high roller. Fucking amazing. <laughs> it's like Speaking... Scott Service in a in an Adidas jumpsuit is probably <laughs> the funniest thing ever. Speaking of leaving gifts, did you see uh, Vargas leaving gum at second base yeah, for Arias? That was awesome. That was fantastic. I love that. Yeah, shout out giving gifts. Uh yes. but my next loser is shamelessly eating ice cream. The Braves broadcast caught possibly one of the funniest videos of a man eating ice cream. Um, they caught it on the broadcast last night from Coors Field, and Brandon Gauden and Peter Moreland had some fun with it. Uh, look, I'm going to send you this video because it is fucking hilarious. Do I get to react live? Uh, yeah, I'm going to... Oh, shit. Let me see. Uh, let's see how this happens. Um. Here, I'm putting the video in chat right now. Um, but, um, yeah, you hear Brandon Godden say they might need to get a hotel room. Talking about how this guy was licking this ice cream to oblivion. <laughs> oh, my God. And then you hear a loud, oh, boy, out of Godden and a gasp from Moylan as this man proceeds to deep throat this ice cream. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to watch the video. It, it is fucking hilarious. And it's like an old dude... Braves champions polo, Braves hat, sunglasses in the middle of the night, like just going to town on some soft serve. I'm trying to, find, I can't see it in the chat right now. Uh, I sent it in like the the podcast studio chat, and you'll just have to click the link to Reddit. Mm, it ain't here, dog. All right, well, I'll, I'll show it to you later. But yeah, I do want to watch that. Let's keep it with the Braves here. Uh, 
the next winner is hitting for power and contact. The Braves have reached 250 homers this season while maintaining a league-leading 276 batting average. Damn, from like 18 different players, too. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and only one team in MLB history has finished the season with 250 or more homers and a better batting average, and it was the 1997 Seattle Mariners, who had some familiar faces. Oh, yeah, like who? Like uh, Ken Griffey Jr., Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alex Rodriguez, I believe, was on that team. Uh, so, yeah, like that that era. Yeah, Jay Buhner. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure the Braves, um, they have seven players that have hit 20-plus home runs, and, like, second-place team has, like, four. Yeah, Marcelo Zuna recently joined the club. Yeah, Marcelo Zuna, man. That He's like an enigma. I, I, I just I I don't know what to think is, about him. I hate that he's playing so well because it makes me want to keep him. <laughs> like he's going to be a free agent this year, and I, I don't know. I kind of want him back. He's hitting a well, lot of bombs. I've heard he he does really good in like the the Atlanta area area like communities. I, I've heard he's very very good with like um like police officer relations. Yeah, he's very I'm good sure, with the police department. I'm sure it's court mandated customer community service. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get to my next loser. It's all of the players the Angels got at the trade deadline. Um, they placed <laughs> they placed Lucas, Lucas Giolito, Matt oh, Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Grichuk all on waivers. The only player they got at the deadline that they kept is CJ Crone. I mean, if you're an Angels fan, like you're losing Otani on top of all that. Like, what the fuck okay. is going on? So I, I, I have a little bit of an explanation, I think. And it's it's going to sound crazy, and it, it really is. But because they think they're going to lose Otani in the offseason, the, because they're going to lose him, they'll get a like compensatory draft pick. And with them giving up these players, it brings them to like a certain point like with their payroll to where their compensatory draft pick becomes it goes from a fourth to a second if Otani leaves so I get it but also who fucking cares about a second round draft pick like I get that that guy will probably end up in the league at some point is he gonna do everything that Giolito and Hunter Renfro and Randall Grichuk have done for you no, he, he, probably not. And he unless may you're not drafting even, like, Shohei Otani, if you draft yeah. Shohei Otani in the second round, <laughs> then you'll be okay. Yeah, like this guy could, you know, get drafted to the Angels in their organization and just get dealt off and be good somewhere else. Exactly. Like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> it's it's absolutely insane. Uh, but my next winner is Davis Schneider, the Blue Jays' Ooh. second baseman, has been nothing short of phenomenal to start his young MLB career. Um, he has an OPS of 1420 through his first 14 career games. That's the best in a player's first 14 career games in American League history. And through his first 40 at-bats this season, he has already surpassed Vlad Guerrero Jr., who had 497 at-bats. He's surpassed him in war already. Damn. Yeah, Vlad sitting at a 1.1 war this season, and Davis Schneider already at a 1.3. Lord have mercy. I- I'm looking at him now. He has 47 at-bats in the league. He has 20 hits and yeah. 47 at-bats. That's pretty ridiculous. And six home runs. 
Yeah, he's absolutely killing it. And and honestly, this isn't my next loser, but I'm the loser here because <laughs> I picked Vlad Guerrero Jr. to be the AL MVP this year. Did I not um, agree with you there? I think you might have, but... I think I did too. Okay, then we're both losers. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were so wrong. I'll be a loser with you, Grayson. Thanks, man. Uh, I don't want to be a loser with these guys, though. Uh, my next loser is free baseball in San Diego. Free baseball, obviously, referring to extra innings. The Padres are now 0-11 in extra innings, um, which is a loss away from tying the 1969 Expos at 0-12 for the most extra inning losses in a season without a win. Damn, how do you not win one of those games? I, I couldn't tell you. I would probably assume bad pitching. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, we don't have to harp on them too much. They have lost enough this year. Uh, my next winner is Buster Posey. Probably didn't think you'd be hearing his name after oh, he retired. But he is re-enrolled at Florida State to go back and earn his college degree. Oh, Florida State guy, too. Yes, sir. Didn't even and, know that. Yeah, uh, uh, probably the... Yeah, definitely the best player to come out of Florida State. It was like him and J.D. Drew. Uh, but gotcha. 36-year-old is on a year track to earn his inter- interdisciplinary social science degree. Good for him. Yeah, Shit. He's enrolled in two classes. It's new media and social change and sports and society. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. It's very cool, cool to hear about. And he said, like, his big reasoning for it was he wants to be, you know, a good role model for his kids. And finishing his degree was something that he felt he needed to do to uh, show his kids how important it is to go to school. So, yeah. <laughs> I Shout would expect nothing Posey. less. Wow. What a guy. Yeah. And I, I'm actually just looking at it now. I didn't realize how good he was because he's retired now, right? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. His last season in the league was pretty fucking good. It was like, amazing. He was, he, was, he was good right up until the end. Like, I'm looking yeah. here, 304 batting average, 18 home runs, 56 RBI, and an OPS just under 900 in 2021. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he was crazy good uh, in that season. But, yeah, shout out Buster Posey, one of my favorite players of all time and definitely my favorite Florida State player. Yeah, uh, I love it. But – my next loser is Yankees legend Josh Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> there, I was mid-bite. Almost made a joke there. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, okay. He was released the other day to no one's surprise. But the best part is that somebody pulled a quote from Brian Cashman from March 14th, 2022, when he said, we appreciate what Gio, being Gio Urshela, has done, but he's not Josh Donaldson. <laughs> I love Gio Urshela. Yeah. <laughs> this makes I, it even worse. Yeah. Josh Donaldson, <laughs> just, wow. Like, what a what a time he had in New York. But what about that season with Atlanta? Pretty good. The bringer of rain. What? such an outlier season for him i yeah. don't understand that it's just season like at it's all, that but... and the like three years where he won that mvp yep those those years were crazy but otherwise um still just so bad <laughs> these last couple of years um yes. 
My next winner is an almost winner. Not quite a full winner, but an almost winner is Alex Cobb, who took a no-hitter through 8.2 innings. He let a runner reach on a walk uh, through 8.1. Moved uh, The runner moved to second on a fielder interference on a flyout, which just sucks. And then two outs, Spencer Steer comes up with the no-hitter intact and ropes a double to center. Nick Senzel ends up scoring, and uh, he has to say goodbye to his no-hitter and his complete game shutout. But he does end up striking out Ellie De La Cruz to finish his one one run, one hit, 131-pitch complete game. Wow. Damn. So, almost a winner. Like, he still kind of won, but he could have had the no-hitter and the shutout. Good for him. Yeah. Cool. But with an almost winner, I had to make up for it with a total loser to finish this out. <laughs> And uh, this total loser is Javi Baez, who is now the worst qualified hitter in the MLB with a 57 WRC plus and a, uh, okay, silver lining here, lowest strikeout percentage of his career at 23.2%. And also a lowest barrel percentage of his career at 3.8%. Man, what happened to Javi Baez? Uh, He went to the Mets. <laughs> yeah, it, it just has all been downhill since Chicago. It seems like for him. Yeah, it really has. It it was going downhill in Chicago as well, but yeah, as soon as he got to the Mets is when the free fall happened. <laughs> oh man! Well, I have a little bit of news myself, Grayson. Um, yeah, I got a couple more things once you're done. So, oh, oh okay. Um, you just roll through. Harrison Bader. R.I.P. The Yankees did it again, Grayson. They pissed me off. <laughs> and so did Harrison Bader because um, he's just such a such a personality, a very underrated MLB personality, I feel like. And uh, when Harrison Bader was placed on waivers, he was asked in the locker room, you know, like what his first reaction was. And he said, what does waivers mean? Um, he's got to know what that means, right? Uh, well, he didn't know at the time, but he knows now because uh, he's going to go to the Reds, which I actually like unselfishly really like that move. I'm, I'm very excited too. that he's uh, he's going to be a Red. Um, the shooting at guaranteed uh, rate field, yeah. White Sox Stadium, obviously. I mean, what what better place than the South Side of Chicago to have this happen? But did uh, you hear woman... how it happened? Okay, you're okay. You're about to say it. perfect. Yeah. So she snuck in this gun past metal detectors by hiding it in her belly fat and it went off in her pocket and grazed a woman that is absolutely terrifying could you imagine sitting near them watching a baseball game and a gunshot goes off like beside you that's insane And, and like i just hate that like you know baseball is such a like a pure sport you know like dad and kid you know going to watch a baseball game you know and and like um, oh my God, the take me out to the ball. Like there's just, it, it's just such a pure sport. And then to have something like this happen is just, uh, it's very scary, super terrifying. Yeah, it, it is. And also kind of a, a testament to why they're pushing to move them out of Chicago. Yeah. Which is, um, it, it's a bummer for, I, I, I have white Sox fans in my family cause my dad's family is actually from the South side of Chicago and, uh, they're, they're absolutely diehard. And um, it's just a real bummer that they're even considering it, you know, because of safety. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, luckily, nobody got, you know, seriously hurt. I know, the, I think it's the woman 
that took in the gun got grazed by the bullet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, how how crazy is that? Absolutely crazy. But what's even crazier? Jose Altuve hit the first Astro cycle since uh, 2013 this season, which I just like, it's hard to believe. Like it took 10 years and, and the Astros have had super good players the entire time. Yeah. Me and Colin talked about it on Wednesday, but how crazy is it that that was his first career cycle? He seems like a oh, guy that would get the cycle. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. He's such like a, just like a really good hitter and he can hit hard too. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's um, pretty surprising. Let's see. Oh, Luis Severino, baby. Seven innings, zero <laughs> runs, and eight strikeouts versus that dog shit offense in Detroit, which the Yankees are actually in extra innings with right now. <laughs> but <laughs> finally, something good out of Severino. And, like, you could tell the dugout had been waiting on it because, like, this kid has shown talent, you know. It's just whether he can unlock it back or not after all these injuries. And it was just so good to see finally a vintage Severino, like the Severino that I saw in 2015, whenever he was a rookie pitching, it was just, uh, it was magical for me because I, I have a soft spot for him as much as I dog on him. So it was perfect to see him pitch well. Yeah. Um, you can add this to one of the losers, the Mets giving uh, uh, Scherzer a tribute. What a yeah, bum that organization. Was a, that was a loser on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's just such – just so stupid. Um, and then you'll, you'll have to correct me on this, but this this was absolutely crazy. A uh, umpire in the Northeast region, I think yeah. is what the league is called, got ejected after, like, getting physical with the player who, like, didn't even touch him. The player was just yeah. giving it to him. I've never seen that before. And a lot of MLB fans were calling for that in um in the MLB to start happening, which is just kind of like, I don't know, kind of ridiculous. But I'd love to see it happen to Angel Fernandez. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, So the, the way that that rule works is that the crew chief, you know, could, it really could be anybody out of the group. It doesn't have to be like the guy behind the plate or anything. Um, Whoever the crew chief is that night um, or for that series, if he says that, one of the umpires in his crew is not, I'm trying to, I can't remember the phrasing, but not able to continue, whether that be injury or just emotion, whatever. If that umpire is not able to continue, that umpire will be replaced. They have umpires on standby at every single baseball game that's played at a minor league or like major league level. Really? Yeah, and so that guy was subbed out essentially where are they (laughs) Uh, i have a feeling like i'm a lot of places have like an umpire like locker room essentially okay so i'm I'm sure that's it's somewhere where they're just kind of waiting on standby um but yeah that that's interesting because you're right the, the player didn't like like the player was obviously mouthing off but he never never made contact with the umpire and then the umpire puts his hands on him and it's like what the fuck yeah, yeah it kind of makes you wonder what the player said or yeah. you know what what he didn't say cuz it's very <laughs> it's very much understood that the player and the umpire should not put hands on each other and every time that it has happened whoever puts their hands on the other one gets ejected that's just how it goes manny machado got it uh i think last year maybe the year before and he got suspended a couple of games you can't put your hands on the umpire, and the umpire cannot put his hands on a player. 
Yeah. And what was interesting is I actually read a comment and I guess it was uh, someone that actually follows that league. And he said that that particular umpire is actually one of the better ones of that league. And he's like kind of respected. So it makes you wonder like what the player may have said. Yeah, that that definitely could change things. Um, uh, My last news, though, got one last story. Ellie De La Cruz had a cutoff throw that was like, do you want to pitch for the Yankees? Because he fucking, it was against the D-backs and actually against Corbin Carroll, one of the, you know, faster base runners in the league. He had a cutoff throw of 99.7 miles per hour to beat Corbin Carroll to the plate. And it was just absolutely immaculate. Like (laughs) just a laser beam, dude. Yeah, it was absolutely fucking insane. And, like, the fact that he threw it from the outfield grass 99 miles an hour straight to home plate on a fucking line. Crazy. I don't know if other MLB fans, like, think of this way, but, like, Ellie De La Cruz, watching him play makes me wish that O'Neal Cruz was healthy this year. Yeah, me too. Big time. And then another Ellie uh, funny thing, I think this may have happened last week or maybe it was earlier this week. I'm not really too sure. But um, did you see Shohei get on base? And yes. Ellie was beside him poking him. <laughs> that was like two of like everybody's favorite baseball players in the league right now interacting. And it was yeah. just so cool as a fan to watch. I believe that happened last week in the double header that they played, um, which I think we talked about on the episode. Um, but yeah, that, that was very funny because Shohei obviously had a UCL injury and then just played the <laughs> second game. And Ellie's yeah. like, how are you a human being? Which and, and I, I'm the- convinced he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I can just imagine that conversation of like Japanese and Spanish, and you know, not a single word was understood. Yeah, no, it's all it's all just like each other. it's like you know, universal sign language. Exactly, but it was just a very cool moment. That yeah, I that was to great. Uh, yeah, so a couple of the things I've got: um, Ken Griffey Jr. was taking pictures as a credentialed media member on the sidelines yes. at the Inter Miami game, <laughs> dipping into his Randy Johnson bag there. Yeah. Uh, George Kirby of the Mariners has the highest strikeout to walk ratio at a 7.64 and fewest walks at 36 through a pitcher's first 30 or first 50 career starts in major league history. Wow. Uh, Cole Reagans of the Royals had an insane month. He struck out 53 players this month and he had never had more than 16 strikeouts in a month prior to that. Only one other MLB pitcher in the modern era has had a 50-strikeout month after never previously having even a 20-strikeout month, and that was Hall of Famer Pete Alexander in 1911. Wow. Um, and, yeah, Cole Reagan's line in August was crazy. 36 and two-thirds innings, uh, nine runs given up, seven earned runs, nine walks, 53 strikeouts, and a 1.73 ERA. Shit. Yeah, so shout out Cole Reagans. He was fucking yes. crazy. Uh, Corbin Carroll hit um, just the second home run from a lefty against Clayton Kershaw this season, and it was also Corbin Carroll's second home run off of Clayton Kershaw this season, meaning he is the only lefty that has homered off of Kershaw all year, and he's done it twice. <laughs> Those are two very, very good players right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, 21-year-old Nolan Shanuel, I believe is how you say it, uh, for the Angels. He has made the fastest MLB debut for a position player since 1978. He made his debut just 40 days after the MLB draft. Wow. 
Yeah, absolutely crazy. And he had a, he has a nine game hitting streak to start his career. He's hitting three forty four, uh, four forty eight or four eighty eight on base, um, and eight sixty three slugging with a uh, with about a one fifty OPS plus and seven walks and only four strikeouts. Wow. Yeah, he is. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, shout out Nolan. Um, and in case anybody was wondering what happened to all the bees at Camden Yards that stopped the game uh, a couple weeks ago, um, a Maryland Stadium Authority employee who happens to be a local beekeeper relocated approximately 2,000 bees from the bullpen area uh, at Camden Yards and took them Very cool. to a, uh, a small sanctuary. Awesome. Yeah. So hopefully we get some uh, some Canvin Yards honey shortly. That'd be sick. Yeah. Um, and then I had the information about the guaranteed rate field thing. Uh, okay, yeah, my final thing. Uh, shout out these guys, but also no free shout outs. They're not paying me, but I'm going to give them a shout out. Uh, Homer Hindsight is possibly one of the best things that has come to the MLB community in a while. So we got Immaculate Grade just a handful of months ago. And that's awesome. I still play it just about every day. Uh, but Homer Hindsight is so much fun. Um, you go to their website. It's homerhindsight.com if you guys want to play it. And it plays a quick clip of a guy hitting a ball. And you have to guess if it was a home run or not. Oh, wow. That's yeah. fun. And it, and it cuts off pretty quick. So you don't get to see, like, much. And my best streak that I've gotten was 15, um, which was astounding. Honestly, I kept getting like three, four, five in a row. I hit off like a seven and then a 15 streak. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to shout that out because I found it today on Reddit. And uh, it is super, super fun. You don't even really have to be like a huge fan of baseball to have fun playing this one. You just It's just watching home runs and watching flyouts. So um, go check that out. It's It's super fun. Sick. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the MLB playoff picture. You know, the <laughs> it's right around the corner, man. It, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, so we'll start with the AL wildcard matchups. Right now, our four seed is the Rays. They'd be taking on the five seed Astros. And then our three seed would be the Twins because they're dog shit, but they're winning their division. And then the number six would be the Rangers. Okay. Uh, the oh. teams, though, that are in contention uh, for those wild card spots, you still have um, Toronto just barely outside at two and a half games out. They're really the main team in contention with the Rangers, who have been so bad. Um, and then the Red Sox six and a half is is a pretty hard, hard one to jump with only a month left to go. Yeah, just kind of looking at the wild card now, the way that it's setting up. It's cool teams, but I think it's going to be kind of boring. I could easily see the Rangers still beating the Twins despite, yeah. you know, not being hot right now. And I could also see the Rays totally losing to the Astros. Yeah, well, easily. the best thing about Rangers-Twins is that they match up this weekend. So we'll get a pretty good tell of how they're going to match up against each other. Um, but the ALDS right now, how it's set, number one seed would be the Orioles. They would play the winner of Tampa or Houston. And then the number two Mariners would match up with Minnesota or Texas. 
How crazy is it that the Orioles and Mariners, the one and two seed right now? It's, you know, as much as I don't like the Orioles, it is kind of cool to see them here. But the Mariners especially, man, I I, I don't know what it is, but I, I can't hate the Mariners. I just think they're a cool team. And, yeah. Um, it, yeah, I can't believe that they're the second seed. That's unbelievable. Dude, they have, they have absolutely surged. They won 21 games so far in August. Damn. I think they're. I think their month is over. I don't think they play today, so they won twenty-one games in August, which is phenomenal. That's yeah. That's how you. That's how you get a good seed in the postseason. Do well in August. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like they're, yeah, eight of their last ten, and they just came off a nine-game win streak. Wow. Uh, but let's go over to the NL, the wild card right now in the NL. You have the number four seed Phillies versus the number five seed Cubs. And the number three seed Brewers and the number six seed Giants. Yeah, I, I like all these teams here. Yeah, um, but there's a lot of there. There's three contenders really for that sixth spot from the Giants. The Giants are two games behind the Cubs right now, but only a half game ahead of the Diamondbacks, one game ahead of the Reds, and three games ahead of the Marlins. I wouldn't mind seeing any of those teams also get in. Yeah, they're all teams I'd like to watch. Honestly, the Marlins probably the least, just because. I'm not a big fan of watching them. Like I like some of their pitching staff, of course, but Luis Arias hasn't been quite as good as he should be or he started the season off as. Uh, Soler isn't hitting as many home runs. Like the, the, the hitting side of that team is not all that fun to watch right now. Yeah. But nonetheless, I, I'd love to see the Reds and Diamondbacks in the playoffs. Me too. But your NLDS, of course, number one, the Braves, they would face the winner of Phillies Cubs, and the two, the Dodgers, would face the winners of or the winner of Brewers Giants. Ooh, Dodgers Giants in the playoffs could be pretty fun, though. It would, yeah. How about it'll probably just Dodgers Giants Braves Phillies. Yeah, <laughs> that would be hilarious. But I, I really like the Brewers. They are very good. Yes, they are. They've also won eight of their last two, or sorry, eight of their last ten. They're eight and two in their last ten, um, and they're on a two-game win streak, which means they won eight straight. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm super happy with how the playoffs are looking right now. Me too. Um, I, th- this is kind of a random question, but are we going to see um, City Connect jerseys in the playoffs? I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's kind of up to the teams, but. The MLB might say no. Gotcha. I hope we do. I would love to, but I think they typically stick to home road jerseys and that's it. Yeah. Because a lot of the times, like, I know with the Braves, um, we've been doing, like, because we've always done the Friday Reds at home. So you wear the red jerseys on Fridays at home. And then we've recently been doing Saturdays at home. You wear the City Connect. Um but obviously the playoffs, you just kind of play whenever they end up. So uh, not too sure about that, but it would be interesting to see them. Because I, like I think all of the teams except Philly that are in the playoff picture right now have uh, a city connect. Maybe, no, Minnesota doesn't. Minnesota does. Neither, they have that Twin oh, Cities one. Oh, shit, they do, but the Rays don't. Yes. The no, I, I thought the Rays did too with that alternate um, jersey with uh, – or is that just like a I think it's just a throwback, throwback. alternate. Yeah, okay. I think it's just a throwback. But I think gotcha. everybody else does. The Orioles have those ugly jerseys. 
Houston has Space City. Seattle has theirs. Texas has theirs. Philly doesn't have one. Uh, Chicago has the Wrigleyville. The Braves have the A. The Dodgers have the Los Dodgers ones. The Brewers have the Brew Crew ones. And then the Giants have the Clouds ones. Uh, and by the way, with all this City Connect talk, I just added a question to question time on my prep sheet. So I'm going to read me. it off. Perfect. Okay. Um, all right. Let's get into this weekend. We've got a fantastic weekend in the MLB. And it's headlined by Braves Dodgers. Uh, really the top two teams in baseball right now because technically they both have better winning percentages than the Orioles. I'm not trying to <laughs> defame the Orioles. It's just facts. The two best teams in baseball face off a four-game series. It starts Thursday night, tonight as we're talking. Yesterday, as you're hearing it, 10, 10 p.m. tonight, uh, and it goes all the way through Sunday. So four games of amazing baseball and great matchups. Yeah, I love it. And I'm going to run through a couple here that I'm looking at. We got Baltimore versus Arizona, which is going to be good. Um, Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Uh, Yankees, Astros, um, Twins, Rangers, like you said, that's going to be pretty good. We got Scherzer on the mound tomorrow. And uh, Carlos Rodon versus Verlander tomorrow. Nice. That's going to be entertaining as well. Don't forget Cubs, Reds. Big one for the playoffs. Yep, little uh, little divisional game, right? Yeah, only, uh, what, three games separation between the two? So that, that could be a big swing. Could be big for the Giants and Diamondbacks as well. Yeah, I almost said Rays and Guardians, but I forget that the Guardians aren't good somehow. Yeah, and I say somehow because I just don't—I don't get it with them. I—I I, I feel like they have a lot of cool players, really, really good players too. Yeah, they do. It's just not all coming together. You know, no. the pitching is off when the bats are on, and the bats are off when the pitching's on. Like, it just—I don't know. It's not working simultaneously. Yeah, but anything else you want to talk about heading into this weekend? Um, no, I think we can, uh, we can move on to my favorite. Yes. Thing. Luke's favorite, the NFC preview. Well, the NFL season preview by division. And today the NFC North, a strong one, very strong yeah. one. Um, very. so obviously, uh, we will update every, every week we've updated. So next week will be the NFC beast and the NFC NFL season preview. Um, I'm not, so happy we're ending with the beast. By yeah. the way, like what a what a finale to this yeah, series! It is. Really. It's going to be a great division this year. So obviously we'll get into that next week. But for now, let's hear the standings in the NFC North. So I actually, I, at first, I wanted to bring up someone else's standings that I saw, Grayson. Okay. And uh, I pretty much just want you and I to absolutely shit on this person. Sounds good. You ever heard of Adam Rank? No. So <laughs> if you play fantasy football on the NFL app, Adam Rank is this guy who does like some of the stories within the app. It's just like Snapchat, but he'll give fantasy advice. He's the biggest dumbass ever. <laughs> I, I absolutely hate Adam Rank, and he just made me hate him even more, Grayson. He even added records to this list. So let me just let me just read this off to you, okay? Um, do you want me to start from the bottom or the top? Um. Yeah, go ahead and start from the bottom. The Vikings are going to finish 8-9. and nine. Are you fucking kidding me? The Packers are going to finish 8-9. and nine. 
The Lions are going to be nine and eight, and the Bears are going to be twelve and five. Dude, okay, okay, let's go through our standings. I, I have to talk about the Bears. Oh yeah, no, the Bears are going to be interesting. But my standings, I went Vikes, Lions, Bears, Packers, which I think is what like most people would do. But I could easily see the Lions or the Bears having a super super good season. Okay, I see it as Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears. And let me talk about Ooh. the Bears real quick. For some reason, okay, look, they made great pickups this offseason. They had a good draft as well. They won one fucking game last year. They really only win one game? Or no, did they win two? I'm going to look it up. Either way, they were not good. The coaching uh, didn't change this offseason. Three games. They won three? Oh, man, that's so many. Okay, three fucking games last year. Whatever it is, they they were fucking bad. They had the first overall pick, in case people forgot. They were really bad last year. They made zero structural changes. And you're just supposed to tell me that Justin Fields all of a sudden has the answer. Because, yes, he was great last year on the ground. Fantastic. He showed good things. But what the fuck has changed other than giving him a wide receiver and an offensive lineman? Yeah. No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I completely agree with you. Everybody, for some reason, thinks Justin Fields is just going to go out there and throw, like, 250 yards every game. Yeah, like, okay. If you look at the roster change from last year to this year, how the fuck do you add eight wins into that record? <laughs> or 12 if you're Adam Rank. Yeah. Like, I, I, I could certainly see a good season out of them, and they go eight and nine, nine and eight, <clears throat> at best. But do you really fucking think they're winning twelve goddamn games? <laughs> like that's exactly. fucking that you have to like genuinely think with your fucking brain, <laughs> and remember that like Matt Eberflus, yes, he's a good coach. Was he a good coach last year? Sure. Did he lead this team to victory? No. And Justin Fields didn't lead this team to victory. Yeah, he kept him in some games, mainly with his legs. Adding a wide receiver doesn't change the fact that Justin Fields is not going to throw the ball a lot. So that's going to eliminate Darno Mooney from, or yeah, Darno Mooney and DJ Moore from being huge factors in this offense. Yep, Cole Komet too. Yeah. Another talented guy they have. Like, I don't I don't see where this huge shift has gone for the Bears. I think they're gonna be significantly better than the three win team we saw last year. But that doesn't make them a playoff team. Yeah, I, I think like what you said, nine and eight would be a very good season for Chicago from how it went last year and with you know what they still have. Yeah. Yep. But that's a TikTok clip, by the way. I, I was laughing the whole way through that. That was perfect. Somebody I, clipped that. I just think that's I think that's crazy. But I, I completely agree with you, though. I completely agree. Um, they even they lost David Montgomery too, and, and I don't think they ever replaced at running back. Well, they got Dante Foreman. Not a bad pickup. I, but not, not David great. Montgomery. Good. <laughs> David Montgomery would be good with a good offensive line. I, yeah. I'm high on David Montgomery. Yeah. Well, he's got a good offensive line in Detroit. Detroit, he does. Um. So, uh, I don't think you ever ran through your standings. Yeah, yeah, I did right before I went off. Oh, okay. But Vikings, gotcha. Lions, Packers, Bears, in case 
That's you forgot right. in my blackout where I just screamed at the Bears. <laughs> no, you know what? They deserved it though, because it's it's a lot of hype for nothing. Don't get me wrong; like their pickups are really exciting, and I think a lot of people are you know riding high on Justin Fields year three. But we need to kind of humble ourselves for a second. Like I, I definitely think Bears, despite you know probably not making the playoffs this year, I, they're going to be a highlight team. Like you're going to hear about them; they're going to be exciting, but they're not going to be. No, they're not going to make the playoffs guaranteed. No, definitely not. They'd be, I'd say they're lucky if they make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. But when it comes to that, like saying the Vikings are going to come in last in this division is genuinely fucking ridiculous. It is. It's absolutely, it's egregious. Like they have top tier players, not just in this division, but in the league. They have the best wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. They have one of the best rookie wide receivers in Jordan Addison. They most, have oh, never mind. Go ahead. sorry, they have a very consistent quarterback who is a majority of the time well above average in Kirk Cousins. You have good players on your defense still. Harrison Smith is still a very good player. Daniil Hunter is still a very good player. I don't see where this disconnect is. Yeah, Jordan Hicks too. Yeah. He's going to be great. I mean, he's always up there, you know, like top five tackle leader, like his entire career, it seems like. Yeah, I just I don't see where people have fallen off the wagon for the Vikings and have suddenly just hopped on the Bears. Yeah, it's very stupid. But um, Lions, I just I think the Lions and Packers are interchangeable. I think if Jordan Love plays very good, the Packers will be better than the Lions. If Jordan Love doesn't play all that good, and maybe the Lions just kind of figure some things out because. Honestly, the defense wasn't that good last year, but they made good pickups, especially in the draft and picking up C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But Jack Campbell is going to have an immediate impact at linebacker. Aiden Hutchinson has improved. He's going to continue to improve, and that's huge. Like I said, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, great. Cameron Sutton is a great option there at corner, and so is Jerry Jacobs on the other side. I like what... They've done to this defense. It's gotten much better. They also drafted Brian Branch, who's yes. They got crazy good value out of him because I see <laughs> him as like a future All Pro safety. Oh yeah, yep. And getting him late in the second is huge. So the pickups they made were great. And on the offensive side, yes, Jamison Williams suspended for some of the year, but Marvin Jones Jr. is great. Amon Ross St. Brown is a budding superstar. Sam Laporta is a fantastic rookie tight end. You have a fantastic offensive line. Frank Ragnow at center, a, a, a yearly all-pro center. Penne Sewell, great. I don't know how to say his first name, but Vitae at right guard, great. Like, this offensive line is good. They have Jameer Gibbs now, who it, it looks like he's going to be an X-Factor type running back. That's how it yep. appears. That's how people see it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with it for now. We'll have to see how Jameer Gibbs does, but for now, I like his upside. And Jared Goff is just a consistently decent quarterback that's good enough to run this offense. Yeah, and if Jameer Gibbs is, you know, going off on a slow start, you have a David Montgomery who finally has a good offensive line. Yeah. It's like, and and I, I, I agree with literally everything you just said. Like, you hit all the same exact points that I would have said, but I do disagree with you on one thing. I think that the gap between the Lions and the Packers is a lot further than what you said. I, I think the Packers are easily going to finish dead last in this division. I, I even think the Bears can be better than the Packers. 
yes, the Packers still have weapons. The only significant weapon that I think they have is that Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon partnership. Because listen, a couple of years ago, the Packers were, you know, they were said to have like kind of a top five defense on paper. They still have majority of the same guys, but you know, that defense never really came to like what it was supposed to be, in my opinion. Yes, they do have Jair Alexander over there. He's, you know, easily a top three corner in the league, in my opinion, but I, I definitely think the Packers are going to struggle. I don't I don't know. I, I just I don't see that. I, I think that this defense is certainly good enough. Like you said, Jair Alexander's great. Devondre Campbell is fantastic. So is Preston Smith, who's gonna be healthy this year. Devontae Wyatt, a great defensive end. You also have Lucas Van Ess to play like that outside linebacker slash defensive end position as a rookie. Kenny Clark is fantastic. I love the growth that we've seen from Razul Douglas over the last year. Like I think their defense has improved. It's just not as good as people wrote it up to be last year. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that. And then on the offensive side, yeah, this is a young-ass offense, 100%. But I still like what they have. I, I, I like Jordan Love. I, I think he's talented, and, and we'll see if it's really that good. But I like what he has. Obviously, you pointed out Jones and Dylan. They're undeniable. Christian Watson is the question mark to me because I know that Romeo Dubs is aware of his, his position in this offense. He's the number two wide receiver, and he just has to be open. That's all he has to do. Be open and be ready for the ball to come to you. Christian Watson, I don't know if he is ready to be a wide receiver one in the sense of you have to be able to make plays at every single spot on the field, whether that be within 10 yards, creating separation inside of 10 yards is one of the biggest things that just about every single wide receiver one can do in the NFL. I don't know how good he's going to be at that. We know he can play the deep ball so well. He's got crazy speed, breakaway speed. It's that close to the quarterback plays and creating separation there that I have a question about, and that's going to be the game changer. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Christian Watson obviously showed undeniable talent last season. I mean, the, the amount of touchdowns was just, you know, the, the most obvious standout stat for me. But, like, I just <laughs> – that that is going to be so hard to top. And, like, I don't know. He just seems like a guy that I could easily see being very – very underwhelming in his sophomore year. I, I don't necessarily think he's a bust, um, but I, I don't think he'll have nearly as good of a season. Okay. Well, let's and, and Romeo this. Dubs, I'm, I, I think, I, I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver at all. I could easily see him being off the team in, in like two to three years. I don't know. I, I like what he has to offer. And I love the rookie Jaden Reed. Very I like good. him. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk dark horses. I think the Packers are a dark horse. If love really stands out, and I think the Lions are as well. Bro, the Packers, great. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Love will not make the playoffs. Why not? Because he's not good enough. How do you know that, though? We've seen him like but, three times ever. We, we, Yeah, but like in the times we've seen him, he was already a backup long enough with Aaron Rodgers to like, I don't know, I, in my opinion, function better. Like he had that one game against the Chiefs where it was it was brutal. But and, and wouldn't, like, wouldn't you think that about any other guy that steps into a starting role? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. That, that was a guy that came out and showed out. And he got a huge bag. Yeah, but 
he was good. <laughs> Jordan Love isn't good, I don't do you, think. I don't know how you can just definitively say he's not good. It, well, I maybe I can't. Maybe I can't. You know, it'll be his first full season. I, I'm just not expecting much from the guy. Okay, I'm I'm just I'm looking at the upside of him and I think he has tremendous upside. I don't think he has that low of a floor is the way I see yeah. him. Well, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. All right. Well, who are your dark horses? Uh I don't have one because I think the Vikings are that good. Okay. Um yeah, I'm, my, I'm my kind only... of I kind of agree with you. I just needed one. Yeah. My my only other one would have been the Lions. Um and I feel like that's kind of an obvious one. Jared Goff is like, and I feel like you and I kind of had the same epiphany of him last last season, you know, with doing the podcast and keeping up like way more with these players. Jared Goff can fucking play football. Yeah. He may not be the flashy guy that will make your Instagram feeds, but that dude will definitely be the most accurate in the league. And he seems to make, you know, the right plays and the right decisions. So Jared Goff is seriously, I, I feel like if he is on your team, and especially if you have built such a good system around him where it's not a very complicated offense at all, it, it just, it works, man. And I, I think that that alone gives them a playoff chance. Yeah, I think people need to, you know, don't forget that Jared Goff was a starting quarterback for an entire season where his team went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't give a shit if his team only put up three points in that Super Bowl not a lot of quarterbacks can say they've ever even been to the Super Bowl. Exactly. So, so there you go. Yeah, I, I like the Lions as well. Um, I think I was probably exaggerating saying that they're close with the Packers. I don't think they will be. I, I see the Lions as a 10-win team. I see the Packers as like an 8 or 9. And there there will be a, a pretty obvious gap, though those that amount of games doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I agree. But let's get to MVP nominees of the division. Uh, Justin Jefferson is the first one, easily. <laughs> my, yeah, first one on my list, except I wrote Jettas. Yeah. It was the only difference. He has to be <laughs> number one. Um, and I didn't really put the rest of them in any particular order, so I threw Kirk. You know, I actually didn't have Kirk on my list, but I like that. I thought about him. Yeah. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. He made mine. Uh, Justin Fields could be. I did not make mine. Just just because of the guys, everybody's sucking his dick. <laughs> You're falling into the hype, Grayson. I'm not. I just I believe that Justin Fields is very good at running. And if he can yeah. be half as good at throwing the ball, they'll be just fine. Dude, I swear, last season it seemed like there was a four-game stretch where he had the most ridiculous rushing highlight of the season. Yeah, it was like, like every week he was just breaking off a 70-yard rush. Yeah, an incredible rusher. Um, Aaron Jones, just because he's going to get a lot of looks. Yep, mine too. Uh, threw DJ Moore there, just in case. Uh, did not throw DJ Moore. <laughs> just in case I'm right. Uh, <laughs> and then Jair Alexander is the only defensive player I put. Same. Uh, the only other guys that I actually know, I had Tremaine Edmonds in Chicago okay. as one of my MVPs, and uh, I put Hawkinson on mine. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. I think he just got a big extension. Good. I, I love him in that offense. It's kind of unfair. On the yeah, role. it is crazy. Uh, but defensive player of the year uh, in this division, I've got Jair Alexander, of course. Um, yep, me too. And then Tremaine Edmonds as well. Yep. Me Aiden too. Hutchinson. Me too. CJ Gardner-Johnson. 
That the same exact four players. That's actually okay. kind of crazy. I might lose you here. Uh oh. I might. Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, I I only actually had those four players. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well then, two more. Uh, Daniel Hunter, because I still think he's a very good player, and then Kenny yeah. Clark. I love the fact that we both took C.J. Gardner Johnson. I when oh, I yeah. wrote his he's name be down, so I was good. Yeah, he's a pick machine, and. I uh yeah when I wrote his name down I was like oh I bet Grayson like probably wouldn't have this guy like a lot of people wouldn't say that that's actually kind of crazy that we both picked him I think uh, he's gonna be a huge part of that Lions he defense is. yeah what a pickup in the offseason yeah huge um rookie of the year though there's a lot of good important rookies in this division yeah there are and uh l- let me take the lead on this one yeah I want to I, I want to show up here so Jameer Gibbs yep. obviously number one uh Sam Laporta. Uh, Brian Branch. I uh, didn't have Brian Branch. Do you think Brian Branch is though? Yes, I have him in my surprise players because okay, I don't. I, I don't you. think he's going to start every game, so it's going to be hard for him to be like uh, uh, the best rookie in this division. Now I, I went with a hot take here, but let me let me explain. Okay. So the Packers drafted Luke Musgrave, tied in out of Oregon State, and Tucker Craft, tied in out of South Dakota State. Both of these guys are e- like you won't even know who Tanyan is by like week five yes i i'm seriously that high on these two guys so i put them both on my list okay yeah i've got luke musgrave he's a, a just a physical monster yeah the um the nfc north like projected starters that i uh researched like while making my notes actually had tucker craft being the starting tight end interesting i probably probably just because he's much more of a blocking tight end than luke musgrave that, yeah, that's probably the reason. And and uh, my last guy was uh, Jordan Addison. Yep, of course I got him there. Uh, my only other guys, uh, Lucas Van Ness, um, and Jaden Reed. I got gotcha. you. Um, what are the odds that Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson receive over a thousand yards this year? Um, I could see it happening. But I think Addison would fall just a little bit short just because of the amount of targets Jefferson's going to get. Yeah, I mean, they would have to throw the ball a fuck ton if they were going to keep not only Justin Jefferson in his normal role, but include, you know, Jordan Addison in a big part of it as well. And they have Hawkinson. Yeah, because like if you look at the Dolphins last year, um, Waddle and Hill were both a thousand yard receivers, I believe. Yeah, they didn't have a tight end. Well, yeah, Kosicki wasn't very important last year in that offense but I think the big thing there was that Justin Jefferson had like 400 more yards than Tyree Hill <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <sounds about> right <laughs> so it's like yeah maybe Addison will be close but if Jefferson puts up numbers like that again there's no way they're gonna have another thousand yard receiver yeah I, that that's a good point uh surprise players I took two defense for some reason oh okay um uh i have a little pair here okay kj osborne and jordan addison and i i really wish more people were high on these two guys and i don't really know why there isn't a lot of hype but we've seen you know the past game with this vikings offense last season it's incredible when it's rolling KJ Osborne can only get better. He is a very, very underrated wide receiver. I, I am, a, I'm very, very high on KJ Osborne. And then Jordan Addison, like, you know, we've seen what he can do in college, and 
for a lot of guys, especially wide receivers in college that, you know, go play in the NFL, they seem to have a pretty easy transition, much easier than a quarterback, which is obvious, but still, I, I think Jordan Addison can be very, very effective in this Vikings offense, a lot more than what people think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, surprise guys to me though, like one that pops off for me or pops out at me, um, is Roshan Johnson, who I think right now is the third string running back on Chicago. He's a rookie out of Texas. He was Bijan's backup in college and he's very, very good. Possibly one of the better rookie running backs in this class though he got very overlooked because he didn't get the snaps in college. He probably wanted to because him and Bijan were there at the same time, the whole time. Wow. <laughs> so yes, he's behind Donta Foreman and Khalil Herbert, but Herbert, uh, though he's kind of the starting running back, he seems like way more of like a, a check down guy. Donta Foreman's going to get the big snaps, but I think Roshan Johnson has a place in this offense. Though we're not going to see all that much of him, I think he gets like a hundred some odd carries this year and probably a couple of touchdowns. Okay, I like that. So watch out for him. Um, I love Rasul Douglas, cornerback for the Packers. I think being on the opposite side from Jair Alexander helps him out a ton, obviously. But I, I just I don't know. I I really like him. I like his build at the position. Um. And, yeah, Jair Alexander is a lockdown corner. Rasul Douglas plays a very similar game, just maybe not as much uh, shit-talking. <laughs> um, I have more A.J. Dillon. Yeah. I, I, with, uh, with no Aaron Rodgers and obviously them kind of getting depleted at wide receiver, I think it, it'll be a lot of Aaron Jones, of course, but I think it'll be even more A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I, I think that well, they're both just see a huge increase in carries. Because me and you voiced our opinions last year on how many carries those two were getting. It was ridiculous how low it was. And it's about time to shine for yeah. these guys. Like, both of these so. guys should, like, one of them should be getting 20, 25. One of them should be getting, like, 15 to 20 every game. Yeah, and that's that's a fuck ton. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're exactly right. Like, when you, when you have guys that can, especially, like, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, one thing that they have in common that I think is very underrated is they're super durable, both of them. They're the kind of guys that, like you said, A.J. Dillon could probably be the guy who carries, you know, 25 um, times just yeah. off of his durability. He's not better than Aaron Jones, but both of these guys can definitely play a full football game, and they definitely should. They should be getting the ball a lot. Yeah, like we saw how Aaron Jones came back from an injury last year very quickly and was so ready to get the snaps. Yes. Yep. So I love what those two have to offer. Uh, my last surprise guy, though, Jack Campbell for the Lions. Love it. I think that Dan Campbell has a very good idea of the players he wants. Because everybody thought Jack Campbell was a huge reach. I, I certainly know that we did when he picked him. And I, I, I'm I starting to trust it. I, I trust how Dan Campbell sees these defensive players. And I really like what Jack Campbell has to offer. It's just a very physical, classic linebacker. I like what you mentioned about Dan Campbell because I completely agree. Like, I feel like he he's the kind of coach that knows exactly what he's going to get. Like, a, he has a very good read on not only a player's skill, but also, like, his player's, like, kind of mentality and, like, their yeah. psyche as well. Yeah, Jack I, Campbell I, I like fits that mold 100%. Yes. yes. 
Um, I had a couple more. Okay. I think, you know, Brian Branch, not a lot of guys are high on him, but this is a guy that can become like top three safety in the league very quickly. Um, I think he's that good. Uh, Sam Laporta, another guy, um, kind of filling the role of uh, Hawkinson. If he can be anything like Hawkinson in that, you know, system, I, I think it could work out very well. Uh, I mentioned him earlier and kind of just echoing the same reason. David Montgomery, I, I have always been super, super, super high on him his entire career, basically. Um, of course, a lot of people thinking that he's like washed now. I'm not really too sure where that comes from, but finally has a good offensive line. And if, you know, like we said earlier, Jameer Gibbs, if he's, you know, feeling the rookie pressure or just not really having good games, he can take a seat and David Montgomery is going to do just fine. Um, DJ Moore, I think, is going to finally surprise a lot of people. I think he's going to be able to show off his talent a little bit more because of, and my next surprise players is actually a whole group, the Bears offensive line. Um, I think it'll be a lot better than last season, um, especially with their first-round addition. Um, oh, my God. Who did they take in the first round at offensive Darnell line? Wright. Thank you. Darnell Wright. Um, I still don't think I, – I think where the Bears are going to lose will be Justin Fields. I, I think he's still going to need to adjust into the pass game for a couple more seasons, but I do think the Bears' offensive line will surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I, I do like that take. I know there's some questions at left guard just because Cody Whitehair, their center, also played a little bit of left guard last year. Um, I have a feeling it's Dan Feeney who will end up in at uh, at left guard. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I think this offensive line is going to be great. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I think that does it. Any closing statements for this division? Um, Man, I – I'm just very excited to watch the Vikings offense again. Um, and, and another player, I'm actually surprised that we didn't even talk about this like the entire time we were covering the division, but obviously Dalvin Cook won't be there. Alexander Madison may be kind of a sleeper. He, he may be another surprise player that I could throw out there. Because, um, I mean, every time Dalvin Cook went down, it seemed like everybody's like number one waiver was Alexander Madison for fantasy football, and he did the same thing in the couple of games that he was starting. So I, I think Alexander Madison can surprise a lot of people. Um, and then the last thing is, you know, put some respect on the Lions. They're going to be super good this year. Yeah, I absolutely hate everybody that just thinks Alexander Madison's going to be a good running back. Um, I just, I genuinely don't understand how, like, coming in the, the uh, you know, handful of times that Dalvin got hurt, playing pretty well, but, like, it is an entirely different game when you get the bulk of the snaps every single game, every game of the year. Like, it's a whole nother ball game. So that is, I don't. True. Yeah, I just, I don't see why. Like, like Alexander Madison every single week that Dalvin was out while he was in Minnesota, it was just like get Alexander Madison. He's gonna have a big game, and most of the time he showed up. A lot of, you know, uh, quite a few times he didn't. So, I, I don't know. I, I just it, – it's a big difference when you go from, you know, maybe getting 10 carries most of your games to probably getting closer to 20 every single game. It, it's a big difference. And some guys don't like it. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, I, I think the other side of it, though, that I can bring up is that it obviously the coaches have seen Alexander Madison 
they clearly believe in Alexander Madison and they didn't even really try to replace Dalvin Cook. I feel like they didn't they didn't get a second guy to, you know, even back up Alexander Madison, I feel like. I, I really don't know who the Vikings other running back is. So I, I imagine that the coaching staff at least trusts that Alexander Madison is ready for that step and he's ready for the bulk of uh carrying their, you know, rushing offense. Yeah, I think they picked up Miles Gaskin off waivers. And I'm looking oh, okay. at it now they also have Ty Chandler, who is a uh, second-year player out of North Carolina. Gotcha. So yeah, they don't have much running back talent outside of Madison. No. So if he does go down, which he's questionable right now, um, it's not looking good in the run game. But they don't really need it. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. <laughs> um. All right, let's talk about a whole different brand of football. Oh, yeah, here we go. Over to the Premier League. Um, first of all, uh, I'd like to say now. <laughs> I'd like to say now. I'm going to get ahead of I this. already know. <laughs> Fuck Darwin Nunes, that piece of shit. Fuck him. I, I just, I can't. I, I can't. Like, How is he what not is... starting? Yes, but also, what the fuck kind of schedule did they give us to start this season? Like, it's ridiculous. No, you, you can't be bitching about it now. This is the chance to prove yourself. Okay, well, I talked about it at the beginning of the year that I did not like how this this season started. It's scary. <laughs> and it's been scary. Yeah, great game um, against Aston Villa to start the season. And then we get Man City, Liverpool, and then I think we have, we have Brighton this weekend. We have and then and then it slows down, which is great. October is our chance to get ahead of it, and then it ramps right back up. Arsenal two weeks later, Chelsea, Man U, two weeks later from that, Spurs. Like it doesn't fucking end. And then and then December, of course, we we end off right before <laughs> that, like week and a half or week or two weeks off. We have to face Liverpool again, and then we come back and play Man City. And that's how the first half of our season goes. Yeah, you've gotten heated a lot on this episode. I think this is a record. I, I love this. <laughs> I just <laughs> this I don't, is funny. I don't know. <laughs> Everything's pissing me off right now. <laughs> hey, but I mean, if you know Newcastle have the lineup on paper to be prepared for all of that, though. Yeah. If, if I'm a Newcastle fan, you know it's still an adjustment period to being you know considered one of the bigger teams. So. I've, I'm still high on them, and I'm I'm going to be very patient with them. But that that loss last weekend was absolutely brutal, and especially yeah. the the thing that stumps me the most is Newcastle's defense last season, and I, even I would say at the beginning of this season, holding Man City to one goal and Aston Villa, I think, to one goal, and then you somehow like not not only did you, were you getting beat the whole game, which, which they weren't, they were they were dominant. Playing ten men down Liverpool, how how does someone score against Newcastle that quickly and, and in that clutch of a situation? Like, just completely unlike the defense that we've seen, you know, all of twenty twenty two and at the start of this season. Yeah, Newcastle. I, I I don't get it because Liverpool's defense played so bad. They're horrible. It, like, yeah, Matip was probably the only one that had like a pretty good game, and it wasn't that good. Obviously, Virgil got sent off. Robertson didn't look that good. Trent didn't look that good. And Wataru Endo looked kind of useless there in the middle. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand how Darwin Nunes comes on and just shits down our throat. Yeah. And I mean, to keep it with Liverpool for just like one more thing is Gakpo. Um, 
with the addition of Endo, Gakpo actually got to be moved out of center mid, but they put him at striker with, I think, Luis Diaz and Mohamed Salah. How yeah. does Diaz start over Nunes? I don't get it. And, and I mean, he, he, there's no way against Villa this weekend that there's no way that Nunes won't start, right? Like, there's no way. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think you're right. I, Liverpool even like lined up bad in my opinion. Of course, you know, we'll talk about it later, but they did just get Gravenberg from Bayern Munich, which will be like Indo may never see the pitch again, which I'm fine with. I I think a one and done with him is okay with me. Yeah, even but, though um, they spent yeah. 30 million. Yeah, I just I I I I was watching this game live and you know, of course I was I was pulling for Newcastle a little bit for you. Not not saying that we don't have any competition, but you know, like it's it's kind of fun. And then Liverpool, who have just been a shit show all at the start of the season, somehow continue to get lucky against these teams. Like, Liverpool are by far the luckiest team in the Premier League right now. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how they have been able to get the results with the team and the lineup that they have been lining up with. And now they will have better players joining them. It's just, as a Chelsea fan, it is so frustrating to see how lucky Liverpool have gotten. Yeah, I just, I pray that these rumors about Mohamed Salah going to Saudi Arabia are true. Dude, they were they were um, going to give him more money than Cristiano Ronaldo. That yeah. His offer would have made him the highest paid player over there. Please, take him. Yes. <laughs> I've never wanted a player to go to Saudi Arabia more. <laughs> yeah. But um, back to Newcastle, though, as we are covering Newcastle-Brighton. I just wanted to say that Anthony Gordon versus Liverpool, Grayson. He's so he good, was, man. He was, the, he was the best player the entire game. He's so I, good. I mean, it was unbelievable. He's Dude, this little white kid is out here looking like prime Brazilian. Prime Brazilian winger. It just, it is so beautiful to watch him. Yeah, and dude. just the work rate defensively is even impressive. Like, he goes for 50-50 hard and, like, Anthony Gordon might be one of my fo- fucking favorite players easily. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to watch him for the rest of the season. Not very happy with uh, Alexander Isaac's start. Um, this game was just pretty brutal for him. But yeah. nonetheless, like it, other than him, I don't mind how the team played. Obviously, the defense was not there as soon as Darwin came in the game. But <laughs> like yeah. I I need to see better play out of my two center backs. Sven Botman and Fabian Scherer need to show me much better because last year they were phenomenal. Yes. I don't I don't know what happened, but for some reason they're just off to start this whole season. Yeah, and it's um you know, you would think with how good they were last year that they would get it eventually. Yeah. So, hopefully. But on Brighton's side, yeah, all these guys are leaving, but they still have a good-ass team. Yeah, um, Ansu Fati is rumored with them. It's now. not just rumored. Yeah. I believe that one's just about done. Oh, um, wow. And that's going to be a big part of this team, but also the guys they already have are playing pretty well. They didn't look great against West Ham last week, but West Ham is on a heater right now, so... <laughs> they they are um and, and like i i may have sent this to you but um they essentially replaced declan rice um with three players and those three players didn't even amount to how much declan rice sold so yeah. they still had like a, a i guess like a net profit is what you would call it maybe mm-hmm. and um it's just like 
Edison Alvarez, dog. And then um, was it who were the other two players that they signed in there? Well, James Ward Prowse. James Ward Prowse was one of them, and would it would it have been Kudis? They signed him yet? I don't. I don't think so. And he would have played on the was. wing. So. Anyway, Not though West true. Ham, West Ham have been super impressive, though. Yeah, they have, and we talked about last week. You know, how are they going to make a midfield where they can get all these guys in? And I think they did a great job. Um, so they still sat uh, Pablo Fornals in this one, but the midfield three was Alvarez in like holding midfield, and then Susek and Ward Prowse more like straight up center mid, and then um, they put Bowen on the right and Paquette on the left. Oh, interesting. So they moved Paquette out wide. Yeah. Huh. I you know, I'm not really too sure about that. Like I I I think it's a sick lineup on paper as far as like fitting all of your best players in one lineup. But I don't know how I feel about Paquette's of being moved out wide. I think it's fine. Like he's got the speed and the playmaking ability that it it, it works, but I still think he does play better in the center. But then again, yeah. like you Emerson is decent at kind of moving up the left anyways. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but like Saeed Ben Rama came in in the 39th minute to replace Susek and got an assist. So they've obviously got their things figured out. He came in in the 39th? Yeah. Why? Uh, I I believe Susek went down just with like a, a, a small injury. Gotcha. I don't know what it was, but he did exit with an injury in the 39th. Okay. Because that's just kind of weird to sub a player that's not injured in, you know, the first half. Yeah. But we didn't see that in the World Cup, though. <laughs> True. That was kind of interesting. I did I did just remember that. But, yeah, Brighton, Newcastle, though, uh, once again, these are two teams that, obviously, I, I liked both of these teams last year. They were two of the finalists for me to pick uh, as my team, and I like how both these teams line up. I... Still favor Newcastle, of course, uh, but with how bad our defense has been, it's been hard to say that we're not going to give up a goal. So I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. You know, I, I don't really like with how Brighton played against West Ham, but I, I, I'm actually going to go Newcastle 2-1. Okay. Yep. All right, well, let's start the next one. Uh, another big matchup, Liverpool-Aston Villa. Yes. Um, I really like this matchup. Yeah, me maybe, too. Maybe um, I'm dumb because, like, Villa has quite a few injuries. But okay. I just, I don't know. I There's something about him that I really like watching. Well, you know, speaking of injuries, and this is actually something that I had in my notes for Villa, is I didn't realize the amount of, like, depth that they had. Like, they their last Prem game that they played, on their bench alone, Versus Burnley, they had Leon Bailey, who, you know, proven Jamaican winger, uh, Nicolo Zaniolo, uh, Zaniolo, the kid from Galatasaray, but previously he was at Roma, and he's looked good at Galatasaray and Roma. Uh, Bertrand Traore, the, um, the, he's a striker that's been around for a while. And then Yuri Tiliamans, just just off of their bench alone. And they ended up getting a 3-1 win versus Burnley without starting those guys. So despite the injuries, I think they're going to be fine. And the fact that they got Pau Torres is just insane to me. I, I cannot believe he didn't end up at a bigger club because he is um, he, he's just sick at defending. Yeah, uh, I really like how they lined up last week. And you're 
entirely right to point out those guys that were on the bench because they're all great, but also like they have good players that are hurt too. Emiliano Martinez still hurt. Emiliano Buendia is hurt. Jacob Ramsey is hurt. Uh, Philippe Coutinho, not very important, probably on the move. He was hurt as well. And Tyrone Mings missed that one. So, and they still had a great lineup to put out on the field. Like the back three of Consa, um, Diego Carlos and Pau Torres locked down like so yeah. good. The midfield yeah. was great. You had Digne and Matty Cash at wingback. Like, this team looks so goddamn good. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, it really does. It, it's, it really does seem, and, and I'm glad that it looks like it's even continuing this season, but I don't know if you remember this, but I brought it up. It, it seems like the talent spread of the Premier League last season just astronomically jumped. Like, yeah. all of these mid-table teams have, like, very, very serviceable decent players and lineups that they line up with. And like you said, Aston Villa is the perfect example. And Matty Cash getting two goals from the wingback spot, the Polish right back, I, or right wingback rather. I love watching it. And then Lucas Digne, of course, another left back that has defensive capabilities, but he also has offensive capabilities. So Newcastle just really lined up perfectly. And I don't know if you mentioned um, Coutinho, but he was, uh, I think he's doubtful going into the next game. So that's, that's even another guy that they're winning without. Yeah, but he also hasn't been good, and apparently the club wants him gone. Uh, I think, oh, wow. I think that's in the transfer news. But I do want to talk about Musa Diaby. He's been a fantastic pickup for them. Yeah. Just showing yeah. off the pace and the playmaking ability, like created two chances, scored a goal and an assist. Two, like the goal was great, right outside the box, straight up the middle, top bins, like beautiful stuff. And then, um, just just a great job in general on the attacking side. Yeah, and they still have Ollie Watkins at striker. I, I love Ollie Watkins. I, yeah. I think he's, he's a great very, target. very good. He is. But on the new Liverpool side, obviously we talked about Liverpool. They're still good. That's the problem. And if we see <laughs> Gravenberch this weekend, like that lineup is going to look so good. Yeah, it, it just like it makes you wonder like how are Liverpool going to line up? That's actually something good that we could talk about. Like, do we see the same lineup as the lineup against Newcastle, but it's Indo and Gravenberg switched? Does Gravenberg play in the next game? Like, and if he does play, what if they decide to play Gravenberg and Indo? Then who comes out of the lineup? Like, there are a lot of things that I feel like Liverpool have given themselves. Like, they've given themselves a lot of options at midfield, which is exactly what we were shitting on them for last week and a week before. Yeah, I think we'll see a bit of a structural change because they've been sticking to this 4-3-3, but Konate is injured and Van Dijk is suspended. So maybe just Joe Gomez just fills right in for Van Dijk and they stick with this 4-3-3. But yeah, if Gravenberg is ready, then I say he just starts over Endo straight up. Yeah, I kind of like that too because then you're looking at losing, you know, Either one of your front three players, which are like some of the best players on your team in Mohamed Salah, Cody Gakpo, Darwin Nunez, and even Lucas Diaz, um, or Luis Diaz still there. But then if you look at the midfield, you're potentially losing Alexis McAllister or Dominic Sobelslot. I would rather lose Indo out of all those players. Yeah, definitely. The other side of that is that your holding midfield hasn't been that good. What if you want to go with both Gravenberg and Indo to fix that problem? That's that's what I think Liverpool have done themselves a good job is they can, you know, interchange now kind of really however they want to. Yeah, I will say like Sabusly could play up on the right if 
I don't even know what they do with Salah in that instance, but like there is some some changes sell they him. could <laughs> make. Yeah, sell him, get money, and buy a defensive mid in the next three days, yeah. um, or whenever this transfer window closes. I think it literally closes like in the coming it's days. today. Is is it? No, really it's in, it's in hours. Yeah, oh, the transfer window is always the last last day of the month. I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah. or no, it closes on Friday. Really? Yeah. So, no, but this morning, though, it had to be at 12 p.m. It, it would close the first. So they essentially have tonight. Yeah, it says British Standard Time, 23 o'clock on Friday. Okay. Which, I mean, that's 11 p.m. Friday so night. They, that's weird. In, they in England. Is it a day? I don't know. It, like, it, it closes on it. different days in the different leagues. So, oh, okay. Well, interesting. Yeah. Um, um, nonetheless, I think I don't know with this one. They're both good. I think I'm leaning Villa. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go one one actually. It, it just seems like. You know what? Fuck it. Two one Aston Villa. Liverpool are depleted right now. This is gonna be the game they lose. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with you two one. Yeah, and for me, you know, Virgil being suspended, we we've seen Liverpool without Virgil Van Dyke, and it's kind of comical. Yeah, <laughs> and just bad. The, the level of play <laughs> drastically changes when Virgil Van Dyke isn't on the pitch, and I, I think that's what we're gonna see. Yeah, and um, let's talk about this next match though. Arsenal Man U, great matchup. Great, yeah, great um, matchup. Early season as well. Yeah, both of these teams coming off of red card games. Of course, Arsenal somehow drew 2-2 to Fulham with 10 men. Oh, my God. And Manchester <laughs> United <laughs> Manchester United barely scraped a uh, win with a Bruno Fernandes penalty, I think, like in the 75th minute to a 10-man down Nottingham Forest, which actually something else that's kind of interesting, the amount of red cards this season. It, it's like they're, they're on pace to break the Premier League season record of red yeah. cards in a season right now. Oh, they're flying. So, Th- these these refs, they they were for real when they said they're that doing they're a great job. <laughs> yeah. They're really calling it, but I don't know. Like that Arsenal Fulham game was a little bit telling of the struggles of this defense. Yes. And I, I think that like Ben White had a, a brutal game. Uh Jakob Keywoyer, I think it's Keywar, Keywior. I don't know. It left back certainly isn't working. Zinchenko needs to start there. Um, yeah, or Tomiyasu. Yeah. I, I like honestly. him a lot. Um, I don't even know. Is is Tomiyasu even still there? Because he wasn't. He is. It doesn't show him on the bench suspended. for me. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, like the attack is fine. I, I, I do not like Landry Trossard at striker. No, not at all. That doesn't quite work. I think you might as well just start Nikita because they have Who sold. came in and got a goal. Yeah, they have sold Falaren Balligan officially to Monaco, so he's gone. But it looks like Gabriel Jesus is coming back into the squad, so he'll probably start this weekend. Yeah, they, they gave him um, probably like what? Like two minutes. They gave him basically extra time. He yeah. subbed in for Declan Rice, um, which is good to see. He he's a player that you want to be healthy in the Premier League. I feel like regardless of what team you support. Um, but yeah, no Arsenal and, and Kai Havertz as well, man. Just 
I don't know. I might have been right about him. You're, you his might his career's over, in other words. <laughs> um, okay, well, it's good or, to see that Bukayo Saka is still good. But yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, once I feel like uh, Gabriel Jesus is back in the starting lineup, you're going to see um, a much better Arsenal, obviously. Maybe not as good as last season, but they're, they're going to be much better. Yeah. And how about um, the Polish international, um, Jakub Kiewoyer? Yeah, came in at uh, um, I guess one of the backs here, and he actually had a very good game with Thomas Partey. It was all right for him at left back. Um, I liked. I mean, I'm showing a seven point one rating. I didn't watch the game. I, I'm, I'm just going a, off of this. I'm showing a six point five. Okay, maybe maybe we need to start using the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like he has, like he has a little bit of attacking prowess, but doesn't get up there all that much and is a pretty bad crosser um the defense is fine but he's certainly not like a physical winner um in the defense so he, he did fine but Zinchenko is still the starter to me yeah and, and they really need timber back I think is what yeah it's gonna they make do the Ben White was not working no not at all but nonetheless like this Arsenal team is good Ramsdale had a bit of an off day but this team is still very good. It is. But, you know, I, I would expect them to a 10-0 down Fulham be able to win the game. Yes. They should. So, I, I feel like that's very telling, like yeah. you said. And then for Manchester United, with Hoylun out, Martial's just going to have to start up front. Is it going to be him or Rashford? Um, Anthony did have a pretty good game. I'll give him that. Casemiro had a great game. He had a goal. Um, Bruno Fernandez looked ungod like just ungodly good. Yeah, um, <laughs> very very good. Um, I like the way they lined up against Nottingham Forest though, because I I really do think, and, and we saw this with Weghor Weghorst last year. As long as Marcus Rashford Grayson is not playing striker, your team will be able to score goals. It doesn't matter. Yep. Weghorst could score zero goals in a season, which I think is exactly what he did and they will be fine. As long as Rashford can not only be able to score from the left uh, left mid spot, but if he can also be able to show off his playmaking ability, which is still highly underrated in my opinion, that's, that is when the entire team is most effective. And I have to say, and this isn't just me being a petty Chelsea fan, I love Christian Eriksen starting over Mason Mount. He got a goal. Yeah. Yeah, Christian Eriksen had a great game. And... I I'm I was surprised to see how well Aaron Juan Basaka played. Um, he's just not a guy that is really on my radar anymore. Like, just yeah. isn't very good. And with Luke Shaw out, Diogo Delot did a great job at left back. Andre Onana just got he's got to work on not getting carded. <laughs> he's an aggressive keeper, man. He is, but like he wasn't even really sweeping in this one. It, it's just it's those balls in the air, especially on corners. That he just gets a little a little out of whack, and at some point it's gonna really hurt him. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it now. This yellow card was for time wasting. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that I feel like he does a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um uh, yeah. you know, Nottingham Forest, really not that good. Like they should not be giving up two goals at all to this team. No. No, I completely agree with that. 
But then again, the two goals came in the second minute and the fourth minute. So maybe they just weren't ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that definitely could have been it as well. <laughs> but when it comes to Man U Arsenal, I I don't know. It, it it just really depends on how Eric Ten Hag sets up this, this lineup. I think if he goes the same lineup, but, you know, re- replacing the players with injury like it. Do we know if Luke Shaw is going to be back for Arsenal? I don't think so. It looks like he's out to like mid-September. Well, I'll just go ahead and say it. With this lineup, I think I could see Manchester United putting another three goals up on Arsenal. I'm going to go 3-2 for United again. Okay, yeah, I I do agree with that high-scoring line. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go a 2-2 draw. I think both these teams are going to play well, but it'll probably be a late goal from Arsenal that equalizes it. Okay. Well... Uh, a couple other games in the Prem this weekend that are still pretty good. Uh, not quite as competitive matchups, though. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Luton West Ham on Friday. It's going to be a battering. Um, <laughs> Chelsea, Nottingham Forest, Man City, Fulham. Man City, Fulham is a good game. Um, it's not quite up on that same tier as the ones we just talked about. And that's kind of really it. Like Crystal Palace Wolves going on, Burnley Spurs, Brentford Bournemouth, Sheffield Everton is a battle of who's worse. Yeah. They're going to be fighting to lose that game. <laughs> <laughs> Who can lose it the worst? Yeah. that If that game's not a nil-nil draw, I'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, like, man. how bad is Everton? Can we talk about this real quick? Yeah, I know. It's it like they have been one of those teams that has just been so consistent like our entire lives and now we're just watching the downfall. Yeah, like <laughs> it how quickly are they going to clinch relegation? <laughs> is is yeah. the question this season. I, I completely agree. <laughs> it is it is hard to watch. Very oh, hard to watch. And like there's it some really guys is. on this team that like I don't hate. It's just like they're not good. Man, there, you know, there's just something missing here. Uh, dude, that that Lukaku Ross Barkley partnership back in the day, though, what a what a oh, time! Oh yeah, dude. Lukaku with the long hair, bro. Yeah, you're right. I, f- I forgot those days. <laughs> God, I can't stand fucking Lukaku, dude. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the thing that is probably going to make me more mad than anything else we've talked about so far today, which is the UCL groups because Newcastle got fucked, but overall these groups are crazy. So So we'll start at a live reaction. I I actually don't even know. Perfect. So group a, you have Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Copenhagen out of Denmark and Galatasaray. Whoa, that off the start. That's a good group. It is. And th- but, this is my favorite thing about the UCL, though, is obviously Copenhagen are going to get ran over. Yeah. The, when those big teams go and play a, a, in Denmark, those Copenhagen fans are fucking crazy. And obviously the Galatasaray fans, you know, they speak for themselves. Those away days are the days that I look for in the UCL because those are going to be hard games to go win at. Yeah. It, it's definitely a good group. But like Bayern and Man U, obviously the favorites to get out of it. Then again, Manchester United, not the best history in the Champions League. So No, not recently at least. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see. Galatasaray, always a pretty good team. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's cool that they're back. I, I think they've kind of taken a break from the Champions League for the last couple of years, I, I, I think, right? Manchester United, they haven't been in a minute. 
Yeah, it's been a couple of years. A lot of Europa League. Yeah, well, it's still going to be cool. Um, I think everybody should tune in to watch like the first Champions League game at Old Trafford in the group stage because you know the fans are going to show out. I mean, that's you know one of the temples of the sport. And yep. when it hosts the Champions League, especially for the first time in like a year or two, it's going to be it's going to be rocking for sure. And then Group B, you have your um, Europa League powerhouse Sevilla. Oh God, <laughs> uh, Arsenal, PSV, and Lens out of France. Ooh, I could see PSV maybe getting through there. Yep, I, I was thinking the same thing. Sevilla loves the Europa League; they'd love to get knocked out in the group stages. And just to go, you know, XP farm <laughs> in the Europa League. Yeah, <laughs> against Liverpool. Um. Yep. <laughs> group C, great group as well. Napoli, Real Madrid, Braga, and Union Berlin—the surprise Ooh. of Germany. So I like that. Yeah, a very good group. Group D, not as strong of a group uh, as the others, but uh, still pretty good. Benfica, Inter, Red Bull Salzburg, and Real Sociedad. Dang, Inter got pretty nice there. But I, I feel yeah. like Sociedad and uh, Benfica, though, will be tough. Certainly. And I'm sure Salzburg has some random-ass guy that's going to get sold for a lot of money in a couple of years, so... Yeah, all the all the big coaches watching him play against their team, of yeah. course. He'll probably be on Leipzig like next year. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Group E is pretty weak. Uh, Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid, Lazio, and Celtic. Wow. Yeah. And then we get to Group F, which stands for Fuck Grayson. Um, <laughs> you have PSG. Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan, and Newcastle United. Oh, wow. Yeah. What the oh, fuck? My gosh. That is such a good group. I'm going to get fucked. Like, I'm, I'm so, we're so fucked. We're coming in last in this fucking group. You really think so? I really do. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I bet, I bet Dortmund could surprise people with how, I, I bet Dortmund could come last. I'd love for PSG too. Especially if they're That'd not going to play Mbappe. Yeah. Yep, which I think they actually are now, but. Um, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Damn, your team did kind of get fucked there. That's yeah, dude. <laughs> like, why couldn't we be in this next group? Uh, group G is Man City, Leipzig, and then it's, I think it's Cervena's Svezda, but that's Red just Star Red Star Belgrade. Belgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Red Star Belgrade and then Young Boys uh, from Switzerland. So one of my, fa- I, I'm actually, I didn't know that Red Star was going to be in the Champions League. They were in it, I think, in 2018 or 2019. And I have some cool facts about this. So sorry to kind of stop your role. Red Star Belgrade played Liverpool in the group stage. Red Star Belgrade beat Liverpool in the Serbia game. And like just watching the fan videos on Instagram, like what I would have loved to have been there. But one interesting thing. Serbia is such a, you know, like the Balkans is such like a, like a gunpowder keg of Europe, I think is what I was taught in school. And Liverpool literally didn't bring Shakiri on that away trip because yeah. he probably would have started a riot in the stands. Well, we his, remember think, the World Cup. Yeah, with like the Albanian and like the Serbian kind of like connection there. It's, well, there isn't a connection. It's more of just kind of like, you know, a we'll disconnect. kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, they didn't even bring a player. One, a player that definitely would have been at least on the bench at that time in Liverpool, too. Just insane. So, that's, 
you know, not not cool to you know for that reason. But Red Star Belgrade, I'm happy to see them because they're gonna be they're gonna be fun. Yeah, but yeah, Pep is just fucking walking into the fucking knockout stages there. Yeah, I wonder um, how much he paid to get Red Star in his group. Yeah, well, you're about to ask <laughs> how much Xavi paid because Group oh, no. H is Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Antwerp. Oh, man. So, yeah, Xavi and, and Pep are just celebrating like they just won the treble or something. Yeah. Well, they need to be. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, that's the groups. Um, there's a couple of fantastic groups. I'll say it. Look, as a as a soccer fan, Group F is great. As a Newcastle fan, I'm going to be hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> Dude, it, it, just to go across the list, you have AC Milan, who were in the Champions League semifinal last year. Borussia Dortmund almost won the Bundesliga. They pretty much had it in the bag, in my opinion. And then Paris Saint-Germain are, you know, always good, always dominant. And then there's Newcastle. Dude, the fact that we're going to have to go to AC Milan – like, go to the San Siro, watch this fucking Sandro Tonali tribute <laughs> video, and then just fucking get, score, like, fucking give up a goal to Christian Pulisic is going to piss me off. Uh, the LeBron James of soccer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. They look just oh, alike. <laughs> they do. They're similar. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this is going to be a very exciting group stage. Uh, there's a lot of matchups I'm very much looking forward to. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. So, very excited. I, I know we both really enjoyed covering the Champions League last year, so this would be a fun ride this season. Yes, 100%. Especially getting to cover it throughout the entire thing, because we kind of started at what, like the round of 16 last year? Uh, I thought we had – yeah, yeah, never mind. It was the round of 16. Yeah. When we started. But nonetheless, yeah, so it'll be fun to do the groups and stuff. Talk about some of the smaller teams and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It'll definitely so. be fun. I can't wait to cover Shakhtar Donetsk versus Antwerp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to be <laughs> who are the players? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, oh, oh, fuck. What's that dude's name that just always played on Shakhtar Donetsk, the Brazilian guy? Um, uh, Douglas um, Costa uh, played there forever. Uh, that Tashera Brazilian yeah. midfielder did he for a minute, played too. There for a while. A lot of team that Ludric came from. Yeah, also. That's also a good yep. one. Um, but Chelsea's not in the Champions League, so we're not talking about him right now. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into the transfer news. It's always a fun time because I don't know, it's it's in there's something fun about seeing everybody leave. Yeah, it's also fun when you and I just absolutely shit on moves. Yeah, uh, but let's start with a really good move. Uh, Inter have signed Benjamin Pavard from Bayern. Uh, the fee, $30 million and another $2 million in add-ons. That's a pretty... That's a pretty good fee for I feel like for yeah. his you know kind of player. So that's, yeah. uh, that's going to be good for him. He fits that attacking-minded fullback position that Inter likes to go with. So of course. he plays really yep. well. Um. And then full agreement has been reached for the loan transfer of Ansu Fati. Uh, Brighton will pay Ansu Fati about 160,000 pounds a week, which is almost twice as much as any other player on that team. Damn, high roller. Yeah, I think their highest paid player before him is like 90K a week. Gotcha. Well, it, for Ansu Fati, there really isn't 
there's there's not a lot of other like teams I'd want to play for at my age and kind of like where I'm at in my career than Brighton. I, I think he's going to an awesome spot. Yeah. I just hope that he doesn't like push somebody very good out of the lineup. Uh, he he just might. Because like Solly March is a player that I really like to watch on Brighton. Yep. And if they just start on Sufati over him for no reason, I'm gonna be kinda mad. Well, you'll have to let him know on the next podcast when we find I out. I would I definitely will. But the next move, AC or sorry, Roma. I almost said A A C Roma, A S Roma have signed Romelu Lukaku on a season-long loan from Chelsea. Oh, fuck yourself, good riddance. I, the, this He's coming back at the end of the year. It always happens. He's always going to come back, train with the under-21 teams because the whoever the manager is at the time doesn't want to train him, and then they'll just send him off somewhere else and nobody will buy him. Uh, dude, it's it's – I hate this guy, bro. Like, I, I heard he was training with the under-21s, but I also heard that sometimes he would train by himself. Like, yeah. have private sessions and shit. He's such a cop. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, is, like, I, I respect what he does when he goes on loan because I think the last two times he's taken a pay cut so that Chelsea doesn't have to pay his salary. Oh, well. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> but anyway, um, there was a funny thing that came from a Pochettino press conference. I may have sent it to you. But it was... uh. Uh, 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 there was like banging on one of the doors and like, they were like joking. So like everybody was laughing and one of the um, reporters or journalists, he was like, is that Lukaku trying to leave? And Pochettino just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that so, is funny. Yeah, I love it. Uh, pretty surprising move here. Leonardo Bonucci is leaving Juventus and joining union Berlin. A pickup aging yeah. like fine wine. He is still top tier defender. I yeah, think a great pickup. Uh, Monaco have signed Fuller and Balogun, like I said, uh, 45 million euros and a contract till 2028. I, I like this move. I'm definitely going to get playing time more at Monaco than at Arsenal. So, yeah. um, and I'm excited. We watched him in the CONCACAF and I know you and I were both high on him. So really excited to see what he can do at the club level. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see kind of like how the experience of playing in a top league consistently is going to help him out, especially when it comes to international play when we get to see him. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then Bayern are demanding about 30 million pounds or sorry, 30 million euros from Liverpool for Ryan Gravenberch. Um, and it apparently he has made it clear <clears throat> that he wants to leave. Interesting. Yeah. This is a, a massive dove for Liverpool. Yeah, it's huge. You know, we kind of already talked about how important he'd be in that lineup, but definitely a, a huge move here nearing the end of the deadline. Uh, of but, of course, Bayern Munich has to get a replacement, and why not go for somebody better? Like Yao <laughs> Palina, who has agreed to a five-year contract with Bayern until 2028, and it looks like the negotiations on a fee are ongoing. No, to change subject, Harry Kane's been over the uh, – like, he's been playing phenomenal. Yeah, he has. At the start too. So yeah, Bayern are looking definitely like the favorites to win the Bundesliga. I think M more more so than last season. Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're gonna be better for sure. Yes. Uh, but Tottenham are preparing a late move to try and sign Connor Gallagher, um, but he's also been on Bayern's radar. Um, this isn't gonna happen. He's not going I anywhere. Am I'm putting my foot down. He has rejected so many moves, unlike Mason Mount, leave the team. And I, I really like, 
I, I think about this at least once every day. Like you completely hit the nail on the head when you like talked about Connor Gallagher's mentality with this Chelsea team. And that's kind of the same thing that I want to echo here is he, this is the club he wants to be at and he's going to fight for a, you know, starting 11 job very hard. Yeah. And I think Poch is inviting him to do that. Yeah. Which is very nice. Yeah. Manager standpoint. Yeah. Um, next move though, Besiktas and Rail Batiste are both in contact with Aston Villa to sign Philippe Coutinho. Um, and it seems like they want him to go. Yeah. I seem, I would like him to go to Turkey. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Why not hit another league? <laughs> yep. Check, check it off the bucket list. <laughs> yeah. You've been to enough, uh, but next uh it's likely that Mo Salah will leave Liverpool this week for Saudi Arabia that that one's coming from can't remember the source but it was like a a pretty a popular name to see uh sourced on a lot of this transfer news I get so with Salah gone who is your front three uh with Liverpool I think Sabuslaw just slides in on the right and then when you sign Gravenberch him Endo and McAllister run that midfield yeah I don't mind that um, I don't know. Uh, Nunez, Gakpo, and Diaz, I think, is what I would go with. Because I, yeah. even though I kind of said that he shouldn't start in this Liverpool team with Mo Salah gone, I, I like Diaz a lot. Um, and, and I think you know Subbleslides looked fine at that center mid role. Personally, I wouldn't want to change that. But you know, I I also agree that with what you said is another very good way that Liverpool could line up as well. Yeah, and then uh, Brighton have signed midfielder. Carlos Baleba from Lille for $30 million. Um, I believe he's from Cameroon. So how long is it going to be until Chelsea buys him for like 100 million pounds or more? I did, January is, you know, a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, apparently a lot of people are very excited about this move. I haven't heard much about this guy, but um, he'll probably just be, once again, another great player that Brighton builds. And um looks like Arsenal have rejected Chelsea's first approach for Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, said they're not keen on selling the midfielder to a direct rival at this stage. I don't blame them. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> at all. I get why you'd be interested, because he's a great young player. But does Chelsea really need another? Like, do they need another good young player that they're going to sit here and wait on? No. I don't think so. If anything, I would like to see. Um, I would like to see Kirkurea leave, which I think that I think was, he's gone. It, no, it was close to happening today, and I think that actually fell through. Oh, really? So I, I would like to see Kirkurea leave and us bring up, uh, bring in a backup for him, or maybe not, because I know we have Ian Matson. Um, of course, Lewis Hall would have been a perfect fit there, but you guys jumped on that, yep. which is going to be very good for y'all. Um, yeah, I would either take a replacement for Kirk Correa to be a backup or a backup striker to Nico Jackson. Well, you're not going to be happy about this is. then because oh, Chelsea are on the verge of reaching an agreement with Man City to sign Cole Palmer for 45 million pounds. Another midfielder coming to the team. Yep. <laughs> I like Cole oh, Palmer. Man. And he can play out on the wing. Your mic cut out really bad right there. I didn't even hear what you said. Oh, I said I like Cole Palmer, and he could play out on the wing. So That is true. He's also 6'2", so he's got yeah. kind of that awkward, you know, big build. But 
you know, it just makes you think, like, does, does Chelsea's, like, midfield practice, like, when they break off into, like, their positions, like, do they just never, like, miss a pass? <laughs> like, what happens with how loaded Chelsea's midfield are in training? <laughs> I don't know, but it, it doesn't always translate on the field. No, it will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, definitely. Uh, but our next thing, Randall Kolomowani, who has just been this ongoing topic, has officially told Eintracht Frankfurt that he wants to make the move to PSG. He's currently staying in Paris with his family in hopes of signing in the next couple of days and that Frankfurt are still demanding 90 million euros plus bonuses. I mean, he's definitely worth it. Um, you know, we got to see him play striker, not not defense, but nope. striker in the World Cup. And yeah, Colomani is a fantastic player. Um, and, you know, as much as I hate to see really good young players go to PSG, with him being, you know, a young French kid, it, it probably is his dream. So yeah. I, I'm, you know, all for it. And he deserves to be on a much bigger team. And, and he would be there with uh, Gonzalo Ramos, which is just kind of unfair. Yeah, <laughs> both of them playing striker. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, Neymar. Next... No, never mind. Nope, Not he's Neymar gone. Anymore. He's been. He's on the dark side. Mbappe, though. <laughs> yeah, for maybe a year. If it doesn't happen in January. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, next thing, Yao Felix believes that he will be a Barcelona player by this weekend. That's exciting. He, he I it think is. he'll fit in well there. Agreed. Uh, I'm, I'd be excited to see that. But Yao Cancelo might be a different story. Because as it stands, Barcelona can't sign him because of their financial issues. Nor can they register their squad at the moment. They have to improve their finances to meet La Liga's salary rules. But looks like people within the club say that the Cancelo deal will be done. Oh, okay. <laughs> we we've had this problem with Barcelona. <laughs> you know, it, it's a million you, times. Like, you you lose Messi, and somehow losing Messi wouldn't register. Like, oh, maybe this shouldn't be a problem in the future, like w at all, because we just lost Messi. Well, and. It, it just continues to be a problem. They it's had, just so frustrating. They had financial fair play issues when they signed Arda Tehran. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they just don't know how to manage their money over there. No, they do not. But nonetheless, it's just, it'd be a great move. Yaakoncello would fit so well. And it's just, it's so weird to me because if you look at Barcelona's owners and then compare them to Real Madrid's owners, like, Florentino Perez is like in the mob. He's a fucking snake. But <laughs> he doesn't have money problems with, you know, registering his players at Real Madrid. Never has. Nope. So I'm not too sure why Barcelona, who I think it's fair to say that out of Spain compared to Real Madrid are kind of like the good side, you know, like they do things right normally. They can't get their fucking money up. Get your yeah. bag, Barcelona. Exactly. <laughs> get your fucking bag up. Yes. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> fucking oh, goober man. yeah Stilly uh, Willy. <laughs> <laughs> well oh, our man. next move uh it's interesting uh eric dyer has been offered to bayern munich as, as he's looking to exit tottenham and apparently bayern has been looking for a player that can play both center back and defensive midfield so he'd be a great option uh, Eric Dyer, I, 
can't think of other players that fit that center back center mid role more perfectly than him. Yeah, it's like him and John Stones. Yeah. David Louise of years past. <laughs> RIP David Louise. <laughs> what happened to him? I don't know. He would score bangers at Chelsea, leave, all the fans would hate him. He'd come back, he would become the fan favorite again, leave, and then he just fell off the face of the earth. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. I want to know where the fuck he's playing. He's uh, playing for he, Flamengo right now in yeah, Brazil. I knew, yeah. Okay, I knew that he was in Brazil. I just didn't know where. I didn't realize he was 36. I thought he was a little bit younger. Uh, he, he's been around for a minute now. Yeah. I don't know. I always assumed, like, I always just thought of him as, like, this really young player. <laughs> yeah. Mainly, mainly because he's, like, a year younger than Thiago Silva. And I was like, oh, well, that makes him young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, our next move, Mishi Batshuayi making his return to the Premier League. He's on the verge of joining Nottingham Forest from Fenerbahce. Yeah, I, Nottingham Forest could definitely use him. So I, I actually like that move. And, of course, I have a connection with Batsuai as he did win the Premier League for Chelsea one season. He scored a goal against West Brom, and I'll never forget that. So he was one of the many strikers that just really couldn't couldn't get an opportunity and never worked out at Chelsea. So I'm, I'm glad to see him back in the Prem. I always liked him. Nice. And uh looks like Steven Gerrard's El Atifak is in talks with Giorgino Wijnaldum over a potential move. And PSG wants him to leave, so it's up to him. Just abuse your Liverpool legacy and just go find all the players that have retired and left the team. <laughs> yeah. At Basically. this point, their next signing is going to be fucking Roy Keane. Or not Roy Keane. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Roy Keane, damn. I don't know what. He's a pundit. <laughs> I know. I was thinking of a like a legendary Liverpool player, and now I can't. All right, well. Jimmy Carragher. Yeah, sure. Mohamed Salah. <laughs> I would yeah. love Mohamed Salah to go to El Etifak. Anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere yeah. but fucking England. Yeah, me too. Come to the MLS, bro. Yeah, dude. Come play for Atlanta United. We need some help. That'd be sick. That would be sick. And Atlanta United does have a history with uh, with uh, Middle Eastern wingers as well. With um, oh my God, what was that guy's name? He was so sick. Justin Miram. He was Iranian. Played in the World Cup. He's phenomenal okay. at Atlanta United. Yeah. That was obviously in the time that I was not paying attention because I do not know that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like we we were talking about this earlier, uh, Mark Kukurea, uh, uh appeared he had reached an agreement in principle on personal terms with Man U. I don't know if it's happening. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now because it may have been another deal that fell through. Okay. Um... Man United suffered double Mark Kirkorea blow as Eric Ten Hag faces abandoning, and I can't read the rest. <laughs> nice. Uh, sign up for a subscription to get my sports news. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I, I'm still seeing that they're agreed. So, oh, okay. no, no, talks ended an okay. hour ago. Well, looks like you guys still have that curly-headed fuck. Yep, unfortunately. But Manchester United are also targeting a different... <laughs> fullback in Nicholas Tagliafico uh, looking at a loan deal for him. Oh, I love him. He is so sick at Ajax. Yeah. That, that's like your... Where is he at now, perfect... though? I thought I thought he was in Italy now. Oh, did he move? Yeah, I thought he moved last year. Um, Let me just butcher Tagliafico in my search bar real fast. He plays for... Oh, no, he plays at Lyon. 
Oh, okay. So I, I didn't ever know that he left. Well, anyway, I've always liked him. I've signed him on FIFA a couple times. He's pretty solid. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I do like him as well. He was very good at Ajax, though. You're right. Um, yep. Looks like Mateus Nunes is expected to travel to Manchester soon to undergo his city medical. That's a pretty good move for them. Yeah. Um, just another – did I just cut out right there? No, you're good. Okay, because my Siri came up on my um, – Thing that was very strange, but yeah, another good move for Manchester City. I I hate seeing them succeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, looks like they're trying to get a young guy as well. Uh, Manchester City. It looks like they're trying to sign Jamal Baptiste on a free transfer. The nineteen-year-old uh, left West Ham in the summer and never got picked up. So it looks like Manchester City is just swooping in. So he's a free agent. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Why not pick him up? Exactly. Uh. uh... A good 19-year-old, yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't pick him up and just throw him on the practice squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the next move, Liverpool have sent a formal contract offer for Cheek, or I don't know how to fuck to say his first name, uh, Decore, in an attempt to find an agreement uh, with him before making an actual bid to Crystal Palace. <laughs> it, like, when did Liverpool turn on the faucet? I think they saw everybody being like, where the fuck is your defensive midfielders? And they were like, oh, shit. And just started offering everyone. Must have listened to the second and short podcast. It had to have been. Must have. Had to. Uh, but the other moves here, uh, Alexis Salimakers is leaving AC Milan and joining Bologna on a one-year loan deal with an option to buy. Yeah, I, I kind of had thought that Salamakers had made his name uh, as, you know, AC Milan's right winger. But, you know, I guess they're going to look at other options, which, you know, they did bring in Pulisic this season and they have Rafael Leal. So I, I don't necessarily hate this move, although Salamakers was good last year. Yeah, he was pretty good. But with the amount of moves they made this summer, I was I'm not too surprised they're sending him off. Yeah, good point. But this one's an interesting one. Uh, Clement Langley, I believe is how you say it, uh, will join Aston Villa on a loan deal from Barcelona with no option to buy, which is interesting, but it has been agreed upon. That's a solid move for Aston yeah. Villa. We, we were just talking about how you know good we already thought their center backs were. This is just you know another guy with ample, ample, you know, good experience on very good teams. Yeah, like they, they really have like five good like center backs if they when they add Langley. Yeah, I agree. So that'll be a good move. Uh, this one, interesting, though. Uh, Chelsea could offer a bid for Brentford striker Ivan Tony before the transfer window shuts tomorrow, even though he's banned from playing until January 16th. So this is news to me, and I just thought of a hot take. I honestly think if Nico Jackson is struggling, Ivan Tony could be a very, very good option at striker for Chelsea. I could see him starting. Yeah. You'll just have to wait till halfway through yep. the season. Yep. Which is probably fine, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. But pretty sad news here, honestly. Uh, I know you're gonna you're gonna hate this, but uh, Eden Hazard does not have the energy or motivation to continue his playing career. He has had offers from the MLS, Saudi Arabia, England, Spain, France, and even Scotland, but refused all of them. And it appears that Inter Miami made one of his best offers, but he rejected that one as well. Thing like, you know, this just kind of goes to show like how 
probably beat down mentally he even is as well because like these are very very enticing offers like you have the mls here you've seen what messi has done Eden hazard is a you know he's a beloved player of the world especially you know i I feel like everybody feels so bad for him about how you know his career went at real madrid so him coming to the mls would be such a like a just a beautiful whole sports movement you know it, it would just be so wholesome to see him play again i feel like in the mls saudi arabia he would get paid england he would be back in the competition same with spain and france and even scotland if he went to celtic celtic's a massive team so are the rangers and yeah. even inter miami man he could have gone and played with Messi, and he just is doesn't want to and i i hate to hear about it man e- easily my favorite soccer player of all time he, he beat out frank lampard yeah with his time at chelsea for me so yeah i love Eden Hazard. so um i'm sure he's just gonna like retire to like a little farmland in belgium yeah and live on a massive fucking farm yeah. mansion yeah <laughs> and just like he'll probably like he seems like the kind of guy that is just gonna kind of step away like he'll probably like work with like a local team yeah yep. and he'll he'll like come back Yep. Maybe as like a pundit or he'll do a speech and he'll be like all scruffy yep. and stuff. He'll have, yep, that, that's exactly his arc, his character arc. Exactly. He's going to look like yeah. he just walked out of a cave the next time we see him. Yeah, which he might live in a cave. He might. He, he seems like a very secluded person. Yeah, he does. Um, As flashy as he was, he really doesn't seem to care much about attention. Yeah, which so. is probably why he felt that if he's not, if he doesn't want to play anymore or like, you know, he's kind of getting tired of playing, just stop. Yeah. He's already made money. Yeah. You know, so it's just, you know, it's tough to see. Cause like, I would honestly go as far as to say that you, you may not think that Eden Hazard, you know, at his time in Chelsea was even like a top three player in the world. No player had an effect on a game like Eden Hazard did, except for Messi, in my opinion. Just that that dribbling, passing, and scoring aspect completely taking over an offense and a game. It just Eden Hazard was brilliant, man. Absolutely yep. brilliant. Uh, I'm going to go through Twitter, make sure we didn't miss anything. Uh, this came out seven minutes ago. Juan Bernat will leave PSG. Not oh, surprised. Wow. Uh, I have one. Uh, Sergio Regulon completed a Manchester United medical, so he's leaving Manchester United. Or no, he's leaving Tottenham to yeah. go to Manchester United. So okay. decent, you know, managed left back. I've always liked him. So. Yeah. Uh, Irving Chucky Lozano will okay. have his PSV medical tomorrow, returning Interesting. to PSV. Uh, Yannick Carrasco heading to Al-Shabaab in Saudi Arabia. That's a done deal. <laughs> Al-Shabaab. Yep. Unbelievable. Um, okay, Liverpool is still saying that they will not sell Mo Salah. Um, I will say. <laughs> holy shit. The initial package from one of the Saudi Arabian teams was $150 million, and it could be improved to 200 million euros just to test Liverpool. And a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just going to drop off a fucking small country. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to give the Liverpool owners fucking Qatar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Anfield gets to host the next World Cup. Yeah, just just the city. 
yeah. Merseyside. <laughs> uh, but uh, Manchester United's move for Sofian Emmerbet is back on track, which forgot about that, honestly. Yep. Um, let's see. Yeah. yeah, Regulon's move is just about done. Um, let's see. Let's see. Luton Town have signed Tayden Menji from Manchester United. Hey, Luton Town. Uh, nice. PF, PSG have signed Bradley Barcolo from Lyon on a five-year deal. Okay. Any other big ones? Not much. Still looking. Interesting. Ryan Gravenberch's flight to England tonight has been canceled, uh, but looks like the transfer is not in danger. He will fly out first thing tomorrow morning. You know, I, I have a, uh, I have a, I have a story time. Yeah, go ahead. I hope you haven't heard this story. So Lewandowski started his career at Lech Posan in Poland. Yes. It's like the second best team in Poland, uh, yeah. Telegia Warsaw. Lewandowski was supposed to move to Blackburn Rovers. Have you heard this story before? Mm-hmm. You have? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just finish it for the viewers. But anyway, Lewandowski was supposed to leave uh, to go to Blackburn Rovers, which would have been kind of sick because Blackburn are kind of one of those historical prim teams. A volcano eruption delayed that flight, which prompted him to sign for Borussia Dortmund. I still can't believe that. Yeah, it's absurd. Like, what a difference in quality of the teams at the time. Blackburn and Dortmund. Yeah. That's just unbelievable to me. Definitely. Uh, other ones I've seen, uh, Dortmund have signed Nicholas Fulkrug uh, from Werder Bremen. Um, that's actually a really good move. Good striker. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Mbappe is confirmed to stay at PSG this season. Oh, that's not a bad move. Lazio have completed the signing of Matteo Guendouzi. Oh, wow. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that one. Um, I could have sworn I saw a different one pop up and I just have not seen it yet. <laughs> a lot has been posted. Uh, Dean Henderson has officially moved to Crystal Palace. Yeah, that's really about it. Um, gotcha. Oh, Philippe Coutinho will sign for All Do Hail in in Qatar. Oh wow! Oh, he that's, fucked it up. That's the other one. I think Julian Draxler is heading to Qatar. Yeah, here it is. Wow, yeah. Draxler going that's to a name Al I haven't heard of in a while. Arabi. I forgot he was still at PSG. Is he really? Yeah, not wow. anymore. But yeah, apparently he rejected a move to Crystal Palace. Interesting. That's kind of weird. But, yeah, that's... Collected the bag. Looks like that's just about it. Look um, at your bag, Julian. Yeah. <laughs> Do it, man. So, it's time. The first iteration of Questions Time. Uh, it's going to be sick. We will not be questioning the Prime Minister. That's not what's happening right now. We'll be questioning each other. Um, just What is a Prime Minister for a Western country? It's a good point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well we I guess there's Prime Justin Minister Justin Trudeau is the Prime yeah. Minister of Canada. That's true. He also did blackface. Um, oh, all right. Yeah. For, <laughs> first question. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with this one, and then I want you to ask, uh, what What was yours? What, you know, league does it 
consider. I can't remember what you'd said. MLB. Okay, perfect. So you can do yours after this first one. Um, even if your team had no chance at getting Shohei Otani this offseason, would you hate him if he signed for your rival? If Otani was in a Boston Red Sox uniform, I'm throwing at him. Okay. Yeah, for me, and, and also for you, I guess, <laughs> if he was in a Mets jersey, I'd, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, it would. I, I would still. No, I. I. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. No, like I. I, I, I there's I, no way to hate Shohei Otani. There isn't, but fuck. <laughs> but then again, oh, it's man. because his whole career he's been on a team that's just a non-factor. Okay, imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine Shohei hugging Pete Alonso. Well, Pete Alonso's getting traded. Actually, I wanted really? to talk about that. I forgot about this. So I think the Mets informed him that he is going to be traded this offseason or likely will be. And he said that he is not going to catch any fly balls. And he, he held up his end because of a pop-up was hit towards like the foul line right by first base. And Pete Alonso went and covered first base while Jeff McNeil caught the fly ball. Wow. This guy hates baseball. Yeah, that that's just a bitch move, man. Yeah, fuck Pete Alonso. Like, what have the Mets I hope, done? I hope they trade thing? him to fucking Korea. <laughs> he plays in a different country. Yeah, go play in the KBO at fucking five in the morning U.S. time. <laughs> Damn, what a bitch. Yeah, dude, fuck Pete Alonso. But yeah, I, I there's no way to hate Shohei Otani. But then again. If he's on the Dodgers next year and they have Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, fucking Will Smith, Max Muncy, like, how could you like that team? <laughs> Dude, it's like the Padres, but they'll actually, like, be above 500. The thing is, is, like, there's some guys on the Padres that it makes sense to not like. Like, Manny Machado was a villain for years. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's there's reasons to not like some of their players. The, the Dodgers, if they get Shohei Otani, have, like, the three most likable players in the MLB. And they're going to shit on everybody. Yeah, and it's going to piss me the fuck off. <laughs> Dude, I think oh, if man. they get Shohei, like, and he's pitching, Clayton Kershaw's got to stay one more year just to be in the rotation with Shohei Otani. Oh, 100%. 100%. Clayton Kershaw is looking like he could play four more years. Yeah, dude. He's killing it. Oh, shit. All right, um, you go ahead and ask your question. So... It was announced, I think, I, I don't remember when it's coming, but I'm pretty sure it's next year, but the Yankees are going to get a City Connect jersey. Um, really? What do you think it'll look like, or what should it look like? I think it's going to look like every other fucking jersey that they already have. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I don't know. You I guys won't Yankees. switch it up. I know. It, it's just like what the Dodgers did. They didn't really change anything. It's just like what the Celtics do in the NBA. They don't really change anything. They just make it maybe look a little older. That's all that the Yankees are going to do. I don't know, but what I'm hoping for, I would love to see a like September 11th themed um, City Connect jersey, and then I guess it would honor the city like Manhattan. So. Like yeah. one of the boroughs. It doesn't so seem I, like people like it doesn't seem like they've taken that route though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a lot of it is like yes, it's an homage to the city, but also like they try to do like a fun theme. And there's fun themes to go on in New York. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I I definitely think that the uh what what is that Monument Park? Is that what that's called? I can't yeah. remember. Okay. Incident I think field. that will be a factor. 
I, I certainly think that. Yeah, what about apples? Could be. Put them in a fucking red jersey. See how people freak the fuck out. Oh my god, dude, Yankees fans. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? You made the Yankees red? <laughs> Motherfucker. You think we're the fucking Red Sox? <laughs> oh, man. We have so many clips from this podcast. I, <laughs> this has been so much fun. <laughs> it has been a great one, and it continues. We got plenty more questions. So let's let's go with this one. I, I love this question because I have often pondered this one. If you caught a player's first MLB home run, what are you asking for in return? Nothing. You're just keeping I, it? I, if it, or you're no, giving no, it? No, no, I'm giving it. The, d- dude, there have been so many, like, and wasn't, um, oh, my God, earlier this year, um, somebody singled, and the first baseman threw his yeah. ball into the stands without, like, obviously he Pete didn't Alonso know. two weeks ago. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. But, um, no, I, I'm 100% giving back. Like, I, all I would want to do is maybe, like, meet the player. Like, that, yeah. that'd be it. Like maybe you know get invited to the stadium, but even then, like actually, never mind. I, I'm stumbling and bumbling right now because this is a good question. I would like to be the one to give it to the player. That yeah. that is what I would ask for. All I I want to I want to give it to the player. I want a picture and I want a signed bat. Yeah, the signed baseball, signed bat. That that'd yeah. be my asking. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Um, all right, next one. This one's gonna be fun. What active NFL player do you hate the most? Oh man. <laughs> um no, it used to be Jalen Ramsey because of that whole era with like the when he was on the Jacksonville Jaguars and he was talking shit about Big Ben and A B and that whole era. Like obviously I had to hate him. But now I kind of respect his trash talk and I think he's matured a lot. Um I don't know. Who's yours? Don't say Dak Prescott. No, no, it's not. Okay. Um, who's yours? It's probably Cam Jordan. Just because he shits on us every year. So I, I really Jordan. hate Cam Jordan. That's a good one. Um, hmm. This is a really good question because there's a lot. Oh, Miles Garrett. Easy. Yeah. I, I, I will never forget. I, I think I got home from a high school trip. I, I think we had gone to Athens for like FBLA or something like that. Yes, I was an FBLA kid. I don't even I, know what that is. Future business leaders of America. And now look at me at UGA as a journalism major. <laughs> that It meant fuck all to me. But I got to go to cool places. But anyway, I got home from Athens. It was Thursday night football, and the Steelers played the Browns. And, I, dude, as soon as I saw that helmet swing, easily my number one most hated player, besides, like, Vontez Perfect, but he's not even in the league anymore. Yeah. So, That's yeah, why I went there. active, because I knew yours would be Vontez Perfect. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Miles Garrett for sure. Um, another one that I ha- I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. Really? Yeah, he's too good looking to play football. Oh, you know what, Russell Wilson. Oh yeah, oh, I hate Russell I hate Wilson. the person Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I hate the person Russell Wilson. Um, what about coach? Coach? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't hate a lot of coaches. I I like a majority of coaches. Um, I hate Sean Payton, but kind of the same reason I hate Cam Jordan. Just because yeah. it's the Saints. Um, I don't like Arthur Smith a lot, but Why? I don't hate him. Yeah, it, it's just, I don't know. I just think he doesn't really do anything for that team. Uh, he he's obviously kind of turned him around, and I think he's given the Falcons a blueprint. But I think they could have better. Yeah, for a while I hated Kyle Shanahan because he was the offensive coordinator when we blew the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. But that was just yeah. like, you had to hate him because there was nobody else to blame. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I hate any other coaches. I do hate how cool Mike McDaniel seems. He seems like a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a guy like, that I'd be friends with. Yeah, one of the kind of more like awkward, quirky kind of coaches in the league. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't think I can't think of anybody else I hate in the NFL. Okay, yeah. I think that was a productive conversation, really. I, I think we got some stuff <laughs> yeah. off our chests. We did, yeah. <laughs> All right. Got some demons there. Our final question, what Premier League team are you quietly rooting for this season? Oh, man. It, it, for me, quietly rooting for? Hmm. Ah, uh, damn. Because I Okay, I think both of us are mutually rooting for each other's teams. You know, I, I would say quietly rooting for Newcastle, yeah. openly rooting for Luton Town. Okay. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I guess I am technically openly, you know, rooting for Newcastle as well because, um, you know, I talk about them all the time, how much I like them on the podcast. So, yeah, may, maybe Manchester United, and I know that's, you know, that's a hot topic because, like, I feel like Chelsea fans should never say that any of, like, the top six teams, you know, of the Premier League that are historically dominant – they should never be ones that you're rooting for. But Manchester United, I feel like they just have um, – really, it just comes down to I love Marcus Rashford. That, yeah. That's really it. I think oh, – man, it's it's hard to say this, but I quietly root for Manchester City because I love oh, Pep Guardiola. Yeah. I, I just – I really like Pep. Yeah, I mean he he's undeniable, but I yeah, like he's one of the greatest minds in in managerial, like you know, on the managerial side that we've seen ever. Yeah, my my biased opinion, I he, Pep would be like my top. He would be my third best manager of all time. Well, lay out the list: <laughs> Mourinho, Ancelotti, Pep. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mourinho has done. Most of the things that Pep has done, but with worse teams. Like, yeah. But yeah, Pep won a treble with this, you know, that crazy Barcelona team and this insane Manchester City team last season. Mourinho did it with Porto. He did it with Inter. In back-to-back seasons, I think. I think. That that may not be true, but it, Mourinho it just... Yeah, winning a treble with Porto is crazy. Mourinho is more of a team builder. Pep makes teams that are already good even better. That that's the distinguish that I would make. Yeah, because what Pep stepped in after uh, Pellegrini, right? Um, yes. And, yes, and Pellegrini certainly wasn't a bad manager. No, I mean Pellegrini kind of was. I, I feel like he laid the grounds of what yeah. Manchester City was going to become. Yeah, and then Pep kind of figured out a play style that worked really well and and worked some different players into that lineup that just succeeded under him. Yeah, and, and brought in players that are not only just good players, but players that are perfect for him. Like that one um, defense of Manchester City video that you sent me of uh, yeah. Guardiola. That was a very interesting video, and I completely you know agreed with what that guy was saying, is that you know Pep brings in the perfect players. He doesn't just bring in good players, he brings in the perfect players. Yeah, because like it'd be so easy for him to just be like, "Well, Yao Cancelo is a great left back. Let's just keep him." Exactly. But instead, he's going to be rotating Yasko Vardiol and Nathan Ake at left back and kind of left center back 
because they have fantastic defensive skill at center back. They also have fantastic skill at left back. And they, they both do things. They play that position that he likes correctly, and they play it in a different way that works really well in both ends. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So, yeah, I, I am quiet. I quietly root for Pep Guardiola just because I like, I like watching his teams play because it's almost unlike anybody else. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that was that, that was a fun segment. We'll definitely keep doing that one. Yeah, that was a good one. I think what we should do, though, is, like, each of us bring three questions to the table instead yeah. of, like, having the, the predetermined list. I think that would yeah. work pretty well. I like that. And we also, I feel like we should leave the questions off the prep sheet. Yeah. Just so it's off the fly. Yeah. So. Agreed. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it. And, um, yeah, I'm super excited. The NFL officially starts next week. So what t- what time are we recording that? Are we recording that one regular or, or are we going to have to record that one late? Uh, which one is it? Next, next Thursday. Um, no, we should be able to do it fine. Okay. I wasn't sure yeah. if you were working. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. and I guess we'll be talking about the game kind of before it happens Thursday night football. But nonetheless, so excited for NFL to start. We got the great double feature coming next week. Um, college football starts uh, like it started last week, technically, but we have some real week one games tonight, Utah, Florida, um, and some fantastic games throughout the weekend. Um, I'm sure my mood will be entirely, you know, my mood next Wednesday on the episode will be entirely dependent on how Florida state does against LSU. (laughs) Uh, I can, I can certainly guarantee that, but Nonetheless, uh, we're super excited for the rest of this fall, and uh, we're super excited that you guys are uh, along for the ride with us. So make sure you guys are following on all of our social media platforms and following on all the podcast platforms. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube, commenting, liking, all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, just keep looking out for us. Keep listening to the pod. I I addressed it on Wednesday's episode, but I'm pretty busy with school, so uh, the the clips aren't quite coming out uh, at the moment. It's been quite a grind to the start of this semester so you know hopefully some things slow down gives me a chance to uh to ramp back up the content but for now uh we really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast and uh following along have a great labor day weekend everybody be safe have fun and yeah do everything watch watch baseball we've got the fantasy draft on sunday oh man that's right so i got uh, the first pick too you do who you taking (laughs) I don't know. I think there's an obvious choice that I want to go with, but I'm going to have to think about it. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I've got number three. Colin's got number four. So um, maybe maybe we'll talk about our teams uh, next week. Me and Colin will talk Dude. about ours on Wednesday, and you can come on and talk about yours on uh, Friday. Yeah, why don't we have like a fantasy football segment where we talk about our fantasy football teams? I don't I don't think people want to hear that. <laughs> really? You guys, look, we're still recording, so feel free to let us know if you want to hear that or not. Yeah, please do for my sake. I want to bring that. See, I want to be able to sympathize with the viewers about like if we if we all started this one guy and he doesn't play well and we can all just bitch about it on the podcast. That's what I think. It, it'll be fun. Yeah, I, I'm I'm down if the viewers show some love for fantasy football. I'm 100 percent down. But for now, we will see you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening. Love you guys. Peace. Deuce.